Hey, just a quick warning before we get started. This episode is all about eating disorders. There's also a lot of talk about self-harm, including suicide. And frankly, we do not talk about the subjects very reverently. So if any of those things might make this a tough listen for you, it's more important that you take care of yourself than you listen to this stupid podcast. So feel free to skip this one and I'll catch you guys next week. Hey guys, Princess here. Welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. This is actually a rerun of Buy Pumpkin, and it's because I am on vacation. Um, my intention was to record a bunch of record ahead so that you guys wouldn't have to get a rerun today, but the, I realized that it was against the theme for the year. My theme for the year is treat yourself, and that means that I am going to treat myself the way I, I treat other people and other people get vacations. And so, um, yeah, it happens. So if you are a Patreon member, you got a new episode this week. Um, but the main fee is getting, um, an episode I did with Matilda on thin on the Patreon a while back. Matilda is awesome. They are Australian. They have also, um, dealt with an eating disorder. I've had disordered, I have disordered eating, but I don't, I wouldn't consider myself having an eating disorder. And it was really important to me, although like I'm very familiar with the content. I've seen this a million times. It's one of my favorite documentaries. I really wanted to have somebody on who'd had the experience and Matilda has. Um, I heard them on Liz's uh, Patreon podcast and I've been interacting with them on the internet. They're funny. They just, I don't know, they've got, they've got all the right opinions and you guys already know that having a guest on my podcast is hard. Um, I have a tight schedule. I got a lot of shit going on. I got a lot of people depending on me. Um, this particular last couple of weeks have been horrible. Um, just one small thing that happened, just so you know. Uh, so I'm refinancing my house. I have a signing today that I actually need to get dressed to go to. And it was originally 8 a.m. And I and I moved all my schedules and done all the stuff and, and, and gotten ready to go to this meeting at 8 a.m. I get at almost 10 o'clock at night, I get a phone call, which I don't answer because I don't answer unknown numbers. And I also don't answer phone calls at 10 o'clock at night. Unannounced, like you have to tell me you're going to call me. And... Then I get a text from the number saying that they'd been calling all day and my signing has been moved to 10 a.m., which is snack dab in the middle of another meeting I'm supposed to be having. And I call back and it turns out, this is something I did not experience until I bought a house and then bought like some other big purchases with my husband. They always put him first even though he's literally not in charge of anything. And then they spend all this time calling and emailing him. Guys, my husband doesn't look at his email. He doesn't answer phone calls. He doesn't read text messages. The only person he will do that from is me. But everybody, like, he doesn't even know where his phone is. He can go days without looking at his phone, guys. Days. Like, when my husband... I said when, like it's an inevitability. If my husband decides to have an affair on me, it will be a fucking analog affair. There is no way he's going to like 
someone's gonna slide in his DMs and some shit's gonna happen. It's not gonna fucking happen because he doesn't know how to get to his DMs. And so it's been so frustrating because obviously a marriage is a legal, a romantic, and a spiritual uh, agreement, a contract between two parties. Legally, whenever we enter into a contract as a third party, they always they always put him first. And they always, like, finding out shit about my taxes because they've been calling him and leaving messages. And I'm like, what I need to do is I need to, his contact number shall always be my contact number. Like, he's 40, gosh, how fucking old is he? He's 43, he'll be 44 this year. He's not going to change. He's not a person that like, he's just not a person that does stuff like that. And it's annoying. Yeah, but I can't change who he is. This is who he is. He does not look at his phone and he don't fucking care about his phone. He he watches TikTok and I have to watch and I have to get on his phone every now and then and, and like fuck with his algorithm because I don't want him to, I don't want him to, you know, get radicalized in the wrong direction. But... D- <laughs> So I have to work around that. And so when I told her, I was like, you have not been calling me all day because I'm looking at my phone right now. And she's like, oh, well, we're calling Mr. Curtis. Mr. Curtis is not in charge. You might as well have been calling my fucking five-year-old. You call me. So I have to move this schedule around. It's a lot of other shit have to get moved around. And so this, this couple of weeks have been horrific. Don't worry, I cussed him out. Don't fucking worry. I definitely cussed him out about this. But that doesn't mean it's going to change because... This is not who he is. He don't do this stuff. The cussing out was just so I could feel better. Um, but that's just like an example of the shit. And then like the prep of seven people going on vacation and five of them are children who never on an airplane before and um, trying to get to my parents and regularly in-laws. And like, it's just a lot of stuff going on. So if anybody else was in that position, I would be like, yeah, do a rerun. And so I'm not going to hold myself to a standard I won't hold anybody else to. And so you're getting a rerun. I'm sorry if this disappoints you. This is free. This is a free, this free podcast that you're listening to. It's fucking free. Then I have so many episodes in the, in the bank that you can listen to. And if you've listened to all those free ones, considering joining the Patreon. It's at buy pumpkin. It's at patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. I have hundreds of episodes on there. Fun shit. I'm doing a Team Mom 2 recap right now. Go join. It's only five bucks a month for weekly episodes. And if you get to the 10 bucks a month, if there's room in there, because there's only a little room, I have a Princess Diaries level where I get on there and I talk about personal things that I'm not willing to talk about anymore on on free feeds. And there will be an episode, I've, I do one episode a month, and there will be an episode when I get back about this vacation and about all the shit that led up to the vacation. And I'm sure there's going to be a rant somewhere in there about school Valentine's Day parties. There will be a rant. If that interests you, if you like to hear me talk about personal shit, think about joining that tier. And if it's full, check back at the beginning of the month. People drop out as they find me boring or as they, I don't know, can't afford it or... I don't know, cancel me. I don't fucking know. But people will drop out as, as the will. You see if you can get in there. Um, I think that's it. I want you guys to enjoy this episode. Thin is one of my favorite documentaries. And as I said, you've, you've, already, got a, you've already got a warning at the beginning of this. But I want to make sure you understand this is about eating disorders. There's a lot of self-harm talk. And Matilda and I aren't always 
extremely reverent talking about these things because I don't know who that serves. And so if those type of things, if you don't want to hear us joking about our experiences and the things that we saw on the dock and things like that, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. Go listen to something else. Go watch The Gilded Age. I'm loving it. Go watch that. Okay? Um, I think that's it, guys. I don't know what else to say. I gotta, like, I gotta clean out my refrigerator. And I have a meeting, so I gotta go. <laughs> I will catch you guys next week. Later. Hi, Matilda. Hi, princess. Um, I just want you to know that I have been very stressed out since the moment I asked you to be on this because... <laughs> I am very concerned that your name is not Matilda, that your name is Matilde, and that I have been like, because I've talked about you before when you, because I've, you know, I've listened to you plenty of times on Liz's uh, show, and you were on the Demi Lovato one, and I was like, oh, you guys just wait, Matilde, Matilda, but I like- Welcome to my life. (laughs) Is Matilde a word, though? Yeah, so Matilde is how you pronounce it if you're in most of Europe, and my mom's from Holland- Oh, my okay. dad wanted to name me Matilda because that's what we call the Australian women's soccer team. Mm. And my mom was like, well, if we're going to name her after a soccer team, we're going to spell it my way. <laughs> okay. So if I were to say, hey, Matilda, you wouldn't be like, what the fuck are you saying? No, I would not oh. care. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. I, I mean, is- like if someone asks, I'd be like, it's Matilda, but it's like, it's much of a much this, you know? All right. So I've had to stress shits over this for days. <laughs> it's like, no, it's as long as people aren't like Mathrildi. I'm like, that's not a name. No one's named their child that. Oh, you don't know. Now, now we're going to get like tons of DMs from people named Mathrildi. And they're going to be like, don't erase Good, us. Come fight me. <laughs> so I've been wanting to have you on for a while. So I've listened to you all. You had all the right opinions when you're on Liz's. And I was like, that's how I find guest hosts. I am listening to podcasts. And if you have all the right opinions, I'm like, mm, I got to talk to that person. I got to like get them on. So well, that's so kind. No, no, no. Uh, and so like, I've been wanting to have you on and I've been wanting also to do this um, doc. Like um, Thin is, it came out in 2006. And th- one thing to know about me is towards the end of like late teenage, early twenties, I was really obsessed with um eating disorder content, right? Because as a late teenager, I was convinced that the answer to my problems would for, be for me to develop an eating disorder, like an idiot. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, right? Because I was like, you know, if I just, and I watch all like, uh, what's that shit? There's a movie that I used to watch all the time, something about Mary Margaret, where uh, she would like, she was in this, she had this eating disorder. I think it was Callista Flockhart in it, but I'm not sure. But I watch stuff like that and I'd say to myself, I just got to do the first 20 minutes of the movie, right? Where everything's working out for everybody. <laughs> like don't <laughs> to the end. Right, right. Just, it's like a drug movie. The first 20 minutes of the movie, everything's good. And it's and after that, they're like, oh shit. So that's what I would tell myself. I was like, just the first 20 minutes of the movie. And I, so I was really obsessed with these types of show. And by the time this came out, I was like, I realized how ridiculous that like this idea of me, like, wanting to have like a terrible thing like that happen to me <laughs> was stupid like, how stupid that was but I was still like very because I'd watched so much eating or disorder um content every lifetime movie every HBO special movie I love that- a lifetime movie eating disorder like right not a sentence but they're all amazingly <laughs> terrible yes 
And I'm just like, okay, like there, I saw one where a woman, I mean, there's obviously a content warning. Everyone's heard this content warning before this because I'm just openly talking about disturbing things. But I saw one where the girl had an eating disorder and she was cutting herself and she was cutting herself like in her pubic area so her parents couldn't see. And like, I was like, wow, that is smart. That's art art right there. Yeah. And so, but I mean, Lifetime movies have taught me everything I need to know about life. That's where I saw 15 and Pregnant with Kirsten Dunst, with Kiki Dunst, okay? That's (laughs) iconic. 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 And so like, I was really drawn to this doc because I, I, at this point, I've seen so much uh, woman body issue in peril movies that I was like, (laughs) oh, I definitely need to see this. Um, What is your experience with this documentary? Yeah. So basically any eating disorder documentary that's on YouTube, I, that was uploaded between like 2009 and two years ago, I've seen at least twice. Um, I'd say like a majority of the views on this documentary are people like purposely trying to trigger themselves or, Mm. you know, indulge their eating disorder in some way, which is hard because it's like, I, you know, it's not like we shouldn't talk about it, but also how do we portray these things without encouraging people? I don't know. I don't have the answers, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I had seen this before, but not recently and not since I've been in recovery. Right. Right. And I saw, because when I was looking at this on Reddit, I saw that uh, people had said that their first experience with even the cover of this eating just of this um, documentary was in pro Anna like forums yeah. and things like that because the Shelly, who I think is the protagonist, we're watching her from beginning to end. She's the protagonist. Um, she, it's Shelly. She's got her arms um, crossed and she's very thin. And it says something like uh, it's worth dying to be thin or something like that. Yeah, this is definitely something I would have seen on Tumblr in like 2013. Yeah. And like, but black and white, all the color saturated out of it. (laughs) And I would have been like, yes, this is beautiful. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I can't believe they got how I feel into this photo. (laughs) And then it'd be like some sitcom character being like, I hate my life in black and white in a gift. And I'd be like, yes, this is me. (laughs) Life was so simple then. So the, the doc is apparently, my understanding from Googling is that uh, it's, it's based, it's done at the Renfro Center in, in Florida. The director is Lauren Greenfield, and she originally went there to take photos of women for an art project. I mean, an art exhibit, an art project, art exhibit, this is the same thing, but one like people go to and the other one you just kind of do at your house, but <laughs> whatever and she did like a photo booth and a a photo book and um she so she'd gone there she'd done those things and they she kind of gained their trust and decided to come back and shoot a doc and she and her director of photography stayed at the Renfro Center for six months yeah and that's like this is only an hour and 40 minutes long I like this documentary but I don't think it was worth staying somewhere for six months for six months and a long time. you're staying on site at the Renfro Center. And like, I mean, we'll get to it, but like, no, let's go ahead and talk about it now. It's like a 40 per a 40 bed center, which to me sounds small, but I don't know if that. Yeah. Well, it's so different because like the U.S. system versus the Australian system is different. So, mm-hmm. and also when I went to treatment, it was during like the height of our COVID. Oh. So we had like probably about 20 people there and the facility was probably made for like 30 but they had to like space it out a little bit gotcha and that's one of the bigger centers in my state so 
but yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, like I said, it's a bit different, but it's similar. So I think, I don't know what the sizing would be in the US for that, actually. Yeah. Um, I like, this is a very expensive place. Lots of people keep, keep having to leave because of insurance issues. Um, oh. I'm expecting, like, I, I'm just guessing it's probably like $30,000 to stay there. It's depressing. Yeah, super depressing. Um, one of the criticisms of the doc is that it is incredibly not diverse in the types of patients that we're seeing because, um, you know, eating disorders isn't just bulimia and anorexia. Um, and also in the types of women that we're seeing, they're all white or white presenting. Um, they are apparently, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming most of them are affluent. Like I just don't. Yeah. I mean, how else would they be paying for this much yeah. treatment? Yeah. And like at one point when Polly's when they're like, you can stay till Friday. She's like, it's 4,500 for an extra three days. And like, it's not that her parents can't pay it. She's like, I won't get anything from that three days. And I'm like, oh, your parents just can like shit $4,500 for three days for you. So, wow. Okay. And so, so like, it's obvious, like, we're not watching people of color. We're not watching poor people. We're not watching people without access to the types of insurance or money it takes to get into a place like this. Yeah. And they're all, I mean, I guess the point of the documentary, but they're all very, very thin. Sure. Like there's no, when, you know, and if you're in an eating disorder treatment center, obviously most of the people there are underweight, but there is some diversity to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you can have an eating disorder and not actually be like, like you could be a bigger person and be in an active eating disorder, but people can't tell from your body because of where you started or, you know, those, uh, I, I, I listened to, um, maintenance phase, which I love. Um, it's a podcast where they talk about losing weight, not losing weight. They talk about fat culture and diet culture and just all the myths in it. And, you know, they've had people on where they talked about how they had tried to get eating disorder treatment and they were told to like, you're not skinny enough for eating disorder treatment. Like if you weigh over a certain amount and you are losing massive amounts of weight, the doctor is congratulating you, not saying, not telling you to stop eating 200 calories a day, you know? Yeah. Well, that's literally what happened to me. Like, so I've been overweight my whole adult life. And then I was like, I was never overweight as a teenager, but I was definitely chubby. And so I just, I would come into the, like my doctor, I'd be like, well, I'm throwing up multiple times a day. And they'd be like, "Mm, but is that really an eating disorder? Do you just want attention? Because you're (laughs) not like, I don't know what pounds are, but they're like, you're not, you know, a size of a child when you're 15. So maybe like I was, I was 11 when I started suffering with an eating disorder and I was 20 when I finally got diagnosed, not Mm. from lack of trying, but just because like doctors will not take you seriously most of the time wow. unless you're underweight. It's very depressing. Yeah, that is depressing, especially like also, you know, I'm just of the mind if someone's doing something for attention, then they probably need attention. So yeah. even if you were, <laughs> even if you were showing up there and I don't know, you were vomiting for attention, I'd be like, well, let's figure out why does she need this attention? Let's at least like, let's start. If I think it's fake, let me start there as opposed to being like, oh, she just needs attention and I'm not giving it to her. Get out of here. Like that is terrible. But I think I realize now as an adult, my like childhood doctor was pretty terrible. I didn't know because I didn't have anything to compare it to. But I remember once a friend in high school 
saw her just because like no other doctor was in you know how it is mm-hmm. and it was, it was a small town so it was like two doctors clinics and my friend was like hey I just want like a routine STD check just to check if everything's okay my doctor was like do you have AIDS you could have AIDS we need a whole <laughs> blood test my friend was like what I just oh okay I'm 17 but sure wow just like you walk in and they start screaming AIDS that's cool yeah, and this <laughs> was like you know five years ago this wasn't in the 90s or anything all right cool 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 like that's <laughs> But that's I mean, small towns for you. But I mean, it's not unusual. I feel like um, I feel like I've heard so many stories of people that like I've heard of this this woman. I was listening to another podcast. Where she was talking about how they like she was in treatment for an eating disorder. And because she was not skeletal, they were trying to convince her she did not have an eating disorder and trying to get her to leave. That sounds <laughs> and, about right. And she's like, no. I haven't eaten in a week and she, they're like, it's fine. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. need to be here. And I, and, and like, it's very sad that that's like, there's so many stories like that. I recently went to like, I'm like 2020 was supposed to be my year of like medical stuff. Like, let's make sure you have a checkup. Let's make sure when there's not your breasts aren't full of cancers and shit like that. And like, <laughs> that didn't happen. So yeah. I, well, why did anything happen? Like in your life? Or? You know what? I just got busy. And so <laughs> In 2021, I started, I was like, no, I'm going to do this stuff. And I got a new doctor and she was a black woman, like from my area. And I was in near tears when I left from so much competence. She was so nice to me. She didn't ask me about my weight the entire time. She was encouraging to me. She, she kept telling me that she like gave me her card. She was like, and you can call here anytime and I'll do this. And it was just, and it wasn't like she did anything above and beyond of what like she should do. But like, I have as a fat woman all my life gone to doctors and they just don't talk to me like very, uh, they don't talk to me as if I'm a person most of the time. And like, I could go in with like a gunshot wound in my head and they'd be like, you have got to lose weight girl. Because otherwise that gun would have never got you. If you could have dodged and weave because yep. you, because you're yep. too fat. And like, and so like to have someone come in and talk about my chronic illnesses and like, I've literally gone to doctors and talked about my chronic illnesses and they're like, girl, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Good luck. And she was like, oh no, I know exactly what that is. And, and here's some suggestions and you're going to get a referral. Like I, I left and I, and it was just so well done that I was like in near tears from this experience of nothing more than someone doing their job. (laughs) The bar is so low when it comes to doctors, but that's the thing. I feel like anyone who, is assigned female at birth just has that thing of like here's my terrible doctor story you ready like yeah 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 um you know people do not believe women they just don't um yeah we're always you know it's because we're so hysterical and so obviously yeah um so there are four we we follow four people in the course of this doc all right there's Brittany. there's Alyssa. There's Shelly, there's Polly. And I want to start with Brittany because I feel like we get the least amount from Brittany. Um, she's 15. She's the youngest person there. Uh, I think she has, so the rumors are she started like using heroin after this. And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think it's true. There's nothing confirming it. But I think what people are responding to is that she looks like an alternative girl, <laughs> you know, 
like her hair the, the hair regrowth is not helping no her hair and i was just like wow like i mean she's 15 she's going through a lot of shit i do not expect her to look like she's on the fucking co- cover of cosmo okay but it's just like her general appearance makes people assume things about her i would assume yeah i mean i don't like the way this sounds but she does look unhoused you know yeah she does look unhoused she looks like um i don't know i'm i'm a a suburban mother so like if i were like walking to my minivan from target and she was like hanging out where you put the carts i'd be like oh let me not go over there because i don't know what's going to happen like she, but she I, just you know she's all it would take is some decent makeup application and her hair to just be fixed for her to not look like that like it's not much but it really does the job it is so funny how our perception is because you're right there is nothing wrong with Brittany. She just has her hair's growing out of a dye job and she's in treatment and she's depressed. That's all that's going yeah. on with her. Um, I mean, obviously she's, she's, she has an eating disorder, but I'm just saying that like her appearance is so disheveled and it's just, it, you're right. It really is. She just needs some makeup and like someone to do her hair and she'd look fine. But yeah. instead she looks like the ghost of like, Christmas past. That's what she looks like. <laughs> so she she says she has an eating disorder. Like um, since she was eight, she started binge eating and gaining weight. Um, and then when she was 12, she started like uh crash dieting. And she it's been the past year she's been purging. Um and so in the past year, she's dropped from like 185 to 95 pounds, which is uh a dangerous amount of weight to be losing. Um, I know that like celebrities, when they're talking about weight loss, make it sound like it's fine to lose a hundred pounds like in a year, but it is, yikes. that's not, that's not how you're supposed to lose weight. And it's really dangerous to your organs and shit. And so, um, she had, she came up with a low heart rate, liver damage. She's only 15 and she's got all yeah. this shit going on. The photo, not that anyone deserves to like go through this, but the photo they show of her when she's, you know, fat, she's teenager fat, you know, she's yeah. like, she's not, not, and I'm saying this as an overweight person, like no one should go through that, but it's so the thing of like, oh, you're 13 and everyone still has like their prebuescent body, yeah. but you don't. So you think you're the biggest person in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else is still like flat in the front and the back and like straight up and down. And when I was that age, I've always been a fat person. Um, but when I was that age, I also was going to school with only white people. So Oof. not only was I developing, I already had big breasts. I already, and I was bigger than everybody else already. And now I'm going to school with these prepubescent white women who are like sticks. And I'm like, ah, this is tough. And so I think what happened with her is that, you know, from eight to 12, her body went through a lot of changes. Part of it is the binge eating, obviously. Um, but at those ages, I'm the binge eating, she might've gained like 40 pounds, you know, and people, you know, probably people are commenting and stuff. And then she goes the other way all, you know, uh, and develops an eating disorder. Um, her mother also has an eating disorder. Oof, the same where the mother visits is yeah. such a yikes. Isn't it? her? So first of all, her mother looks like a bizarro world Holly Hunter. I don't know, like when she looks to, do you know what I'm talking about? Like when she, she yeah. kind of looks like Holly Hunter. And then when she comes to visit, I think that's her sister too. So she comes to visit. Her stepsister, I said. Okay, stepsister. So they're eating, right? And I'm like, oh my God, already 
just when they first got to that point, I was like, I don't know if eating with your mother who has an eating disorder is like the thing to be doing right now. But her mother's like picking through the food, coming up with reasons why she can't eat this, why she can't eat that. I already had one dairy. I'll have a bite of this. And I was, and you know, Brittany's just looking at her and you can see the wheels turning in her head. Um, I, I felt really bad for her. The thing with that is, I think, like, so many people have disordered eating or eating disorders in different ways, but most people are able to turn it off for the half an hour you're on camera at the eating disorder center, you know? Like, gotcha. You think exactly. she at least would have been able to be like, okay, look, I'm going to hate myself. I won't eat for the rest of the day, but I'll have this meal with my daughter who's trying to recover. But she couldn't even do that. Right. We're all steeped in like disordered eating. And you, the, the way you can tell that her mom's so sick is that she's like, I cannot let this cheese get in me. And I don't yeah. care that everyone's looking at me. I'm on, definitely on camera. People are going to notice, but this cheese cannot get in me. Um, yeah. I wonder the stepsister's backstory. I want to know what's going through her head while she's sitting there just being like, what is going on? Yeah. And it doesn't seem like she has the same issues with food. Like, but she is talking, I mean, she's talking about food, but she's not, it, it's not the same as what's going on with Brittany's mom. No. Yeah. This is probably very weird for her. Um, so there's a moment in group, like, so I've never been in a treatment or rehab, but I always feel like I should go to treatment so that I can call out people in a group. Like I can get a stick and then go, listen, Brittany. You'd be great at that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would have been like, listen, Brittany, I've been observing you and you're doing it all wrong. And I just feel like I, and, and people will go, wait, why are you here again? I'm like to call out people. That's what I came here for. <laughs> I'm not actually in treatment. I just want to like tell people what they're doing wrong. And so Polly, um, who we'll, we'll talk about later, says to Brittany that she gives great advice, but she's not taking her advice. And it seems like the reason that she's doing that is because she wants to be the sickest person there. I and mean, she probably does. It, but it was hard to hear that because Brittany's like, hey, guys, I need some support today. And Polly's <laughs> like, I think you need to do some serious reflection right now. And I'm like... <laughs> What you're saying isn't wrong, but you could have said it tomorrow. Yeah, you could have said it tomorrow. You'll be here tomorrow. Also, Brittany's 15, and I think yeah. Polly's like 30. And I was like, I just feel like it was, I don't know. It just felt like unnecessary. And, you know, Brittany gets up and it's like, she she kind of like quietly goes, stop. And I'm like, oh, no, you guys, you can't. You can't let someone go after this child in here. Like, I, that's- I don't know why the why is the 15 year old she's in such an adult center i don't know i saw some other... they didn't, i mean maybe it was like just the people we saw on screen as well but there didn't even seem to be any people in like their late teens early 20s like it seemed to be like adults and her yeah you know what i bet you there's probably not a lot of treatment for young teenagers in that area maybe maybe that's part yeah. of because because her mother's driving to see her so maybe she, maybe that it's location has a lot to do with it but I think you're right. Like being like 15 years old and with all these grown ass women, um, I I think that's a part of it. Like I the, the, I I don't know how how uh, effective this treatment is. I I have no idea. But I know that the outside factors of the treatment do affect what happens and things like I'm in here with grown women or there's lots of clicks and fighting or the staff hates me. Like those things affect how you journey through treatment anywhere for anything. 
Yeah, I know my watching this, I was like, oh, I remember everything from treatment that I re- like rewatched this documentary, and I was like, I've forgotten so much in just a year. <laughs> but like, there was definitely it was very clicky at my treatment center. Mm. There was like, like you know how this documentary frames it as like they had their little popular click. There was definitely that where I was staying, and I was like, all you women hate me, oh. and I'm just trying to have fun. <laughs> Not fun, oh. but I'm just trying to, you know, get through the day. I uh, love the idea of always... you going to eating disorder treatment and they're like, well, what are you here for? Fun. I'm just here trying to have fun. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm just here for fun. Like, COVID, dude, what else am I going to do? Yeah, this is the only way I can get out of the house. So, <laughs> no, but I remember those girls always took over the TV on the weekends. And I was like, just for once, I want to choose what is on the communal oh. television on the weekend. But I can't. It was very oh. annoying. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's small things like that that people don't think of in treatment that like can affect you. And and why do I want to come and share in group if I think that you four people are like a clique and are gonna talk shit about me later and one of you's gonna get the stick and then like come after me and, and during group. I don't I so Brittany ends up leaving and they're like, why do you care about what people think about? You know, it's like because she's like human in this world. Well, everybody cares about people what what they but I mean, in my 40s, I feel different about like how people care about me, but definitely at 15, like somebody just turning to me and being like, let me tell you about yourself would have demolished me. I'm already in a fragile state. And there's also a camera in there. Let's talk about that. The fact is that they had free access to everything. Um, I don't even know how they got that, but they got free access to everything in this uh, treatment center. And so not only are you in group, not only are you the youngest member here and you're already in a fragile state, now also there's at least two more extra people in this room, one filming and one doing the directing. And today's the day Polly decides to say that you're full of shit. <laughs> I, this is someone who quite likes attention. I really don't understand why anyone agreed to be in this documentary. Mm. Like, I do think now someone came to me and they're like, hey, you want to interview about an eating disorder for a documentary? I'd be like, yeah, sure. But when I was in treatment, I'd be like, no, leave me alone. Like, I don't wish to be yeah. perceived right now. Well, it's the thing about reality TV, like, right? So we when we see people on reality TV and documentaries are a form of reality TV in a certain way. But um, when we see anybody on there, there are loud people and quiet people. But the quietest person on reality TV is still a person that agreed to have a, a camera follow them around. Yeah, that's a good it's, point. And so, yeah, I, and, and Brittany had to get a, an adult to sign for her. So her mother, Holly Hunter, definitely knew this was oh happening. And said, sure, Brittany, get on TV, girl. And I would have been <sighs> like, Brittany, do you think this is a time for us to be like putting you on TV? You know, we're going through this other stuff. Um, but I also yeah. was eating the cheese when I got there. So, you know, already I would have. <laughs> Maybe You're not in that headspace. Yeah, I was. I'm not in that headspace. Do so you think they maybe got paid? Yeah, but I wonder if they knew that they were always going to focus on these four mm. women, or if they, they were like, "Well, it's going to film everything and cut it down." Yeah, because if that was, was the case, time. surely they couldn't have been paying all of them. True, 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 true. Know? Or if they were, it wasn't very much. I don't know. Maybe they were going to pay them based on what they got in. I don't know. Oh, that's, yeah. Now that's like the Dallas Cowboys tryout. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to try out. And not only are you filming me at fucking ED rehab now, now I have to try out to see if I can get on the camera. That's no, I don't want to do that. 
stress I don't need. <laughs> right. So not only is Polly calling you out, now you're like, am I being dynamic enough <laughs> to be on screen? <laughs> Do you have the right angle? <laughs> yeah, because I really want to get this $500 or whatever they promised me. <laughs> like, <sighs> maybe, you know what? Maybe the treatment gave them like some discounts for it, you know? And that, that would make even more sense. Right. Cause I would definitely be like, well, shit, this place costs a ton. Yeah. Go ahead and film me. <laughs> so, because yeah. yeah, so that might make sense, but I, I guess we'll never know. Um, I will say this about Brittany during her time in rehab. She makes a lot of really unsettling art that made my stomach hurt. <laughs> it was very psych ward art. That's that tends to be what it is. It was very, I'm 15 years old. <laughs> And I enjoy making you feel uncomfortable, princess. That's what it is. (laughs) But she's just kind of known as an artistic person. Um, She's making things for people as they leave and stuff. We see a lot of her drawing and putting things together. Um, She had a a sort of sculpture called Unstable Family, which I thought was a very good concept. It was kind of off balance and everything was fucked up on it. Um, But she's... She's an artsy 15 year old. That's, I mean, that's what she is. I wonder, maybe this is projecting too much. I wonder how online she would have been in 2006. Because mm. I think maybe if she'd been in pro Anna spaces and then was getting filmed for this documentary, that might have really flipped the way she was handling her treatment. Oh, no, you're right. She, and she, why wouldn't she be online in 2006? Yeah. Why wouldn't she be? Of course she was. Who told her to do her hair like that? The yeah. internet. So like, oh, you're, you're like blowing my mind here. Because I'm you're thinking, welcome. <laughs> I'm thinking about this through um, an internet lens now and about the things that she was doing and not doing. Yeah, because I don't think, you know, I don't think, I mean, I don't know, but the the women in this documentary I don't think would have been in pro-Anna spaces but a teenager I definitely could see you know yeah how I mean it's probably explains to her like how to do some of the things she was doing yeah I mean I got my shit from after school specials and she was getting it from tumblr yeah um so one of the interesting things oh once I was like, oh yeah, it wasn't that interesting. It's just that they they, it, they pointed it out to me is that like Brittany's been purging since she was there and people get into treatment and still do their same behaviors. They don't eat, they purge, they they um, hoard uh, laxatives and things. I mean, I'm sure they won't even give them laxatives, but they try to take things to, you know, further along their disorder. And she says that they kind of trust her about eating and stuff and I was like that's interesting I think that might have been out of context I think what she might have meant is on the day our family is allowed to come and eat lunch with us that is you know they talk about the level system that is a level at which we're allowed to have more independence so I didn't end up doing this I just left but at my treatment center I know because it was like at um it wasn't just an ED treatment center it was a whole like psych hospital but we were in our own area but I know like at a certain point of you're like, hey, I want to test my limits. I'd let you go down and eat, you know, with the other patients you'd have to eat in the ED center or um, like you could get a takeaway once a week or something like that. You know, like there were options where you could be a little bit more independent depending how well you were doing. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's what she might have meant in that case. Although, you know, I'm not allowed to do what I want at all meals, but at the time that my family's allowed to come eat with me, they're not going to monitor me as much. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Um, she's, by the time we've seen her, she's been there a month and we see her on the phone crying with her mother, asking how much money it's costing. She doesn't and- care. She does not care how much money it costs. She just wants to go home. Right? So I thought the same thing because I was like, that is ap- the first thing she says, I'm ready to go. This isn't helping me. And then she's like, well, how much is it costing? Because I mean, yeah. obviously she knows that's a good way to be like, you shouldn't have me here. What's it costing? This amount of money? It's not worth that. <laughs> Let me come home. But I still think that like her mom won't tell her. And I still think that that's like something, a conversation that they've had about money and stuff about like how much is insurance paying? How much is her mother paying? Uh, that sort of things. Um, well, yeah, she knows that there's something to poke at there. She might not know exactly. Yeah. I mean, what it is. She's the only one that's underage, but all of them act like people won't let them leave. Yeah. Well, Which I, I, think I think they she, know that there are consequences in their life if they leave, mm-hmm. yeah. whether it's, you know, the same as hers or not. Yeah, but she's the only person that, like, literally cannot leave. Yeah, without, there's like, a part where they're like, why are you here if you don't want to be? And she's like, I'm 15. <laughs> <laughs> like, she can't even sign herself out. <laughs> it's like she yeah. has, someone has to get her. Uh, she ends up having to leave because her insurance benefits run out, which is what happens to several people. Um as she's, but she's not ready to go. Like, she's like, I'm 40 pounds for my goal weight. And that confused me. I was thinking, I thought she was like 95 pounds. How could your goal weight be 55 pounds? But how eating disorders work, I can guarantee that. That sounded that, very realistic in her head. What is 50? I'm trying to imagine what 55 pounds looks like, though. You can't, because it's not an adult weight. <laughs> yeah like my six-year-old is very small for his age and he weighs 40 pounds and like we're already having conversations with doctors about the fact that he weighs fucking 40 pounds um like she's spiraling as she's leaving because again it's not a choice to leave it's not we're at a certain level of treatment it's well turns out there's no more money for you to be here Um, And she's channeling that anger that she's getting from being let down by the system onto herself and her eating disorder. Yeah. I mean, she's like having a meltdown. She's pulling at her skin. And I guess they have a last group where people are saying that they feel, they feel bad and they don't think she's ready. And I'm like, no doy. Okay. (laughs) But I don't know how helpful that is. As she's walking out the door under duress <laughs> to be like, oh man, I'm worried for you, man. Cause doesn't like you're ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, why would you guys let them say that to her? Am I like, no, that I, I feel like that last session seems so much more for everyone else than it was for Brittany. Cause they're all talking about, you know, if I was at 15, if I could change this all, I'm like, you know, she's not going to listen. No, you know, no. nothing is say that is going to stop her, which is sad, but it's true. Yeah, 15, like, as soon as you go, if when I was your age, yeah, just turns that shit right off. Because who the fuck cares about what happens when you were my age? You're not me right now. Um, And the thing with eating disorders always convince you that you're the exception, you know? Maybe, I don't know what pounds are that much, but, you know, maybe 55 kilos is a healthy weight for your height, but you're the exception, so it's 35 for you. Maybe 
everyone else should eat three meals a day, but you're the exception. You should only eat one. You know, it's always mm. you're the special one. What's that terminal specialness? Yeah. Yeah. So like why, as she's like having her last um, group, I guess, and she's, she's crying really hard. She's crying about how she doesn't think she can do it. She's fatter than everybody she knows. She doesn't like everybody else. And then this older woman is crying about how she's, I guess she's like 27. She's like 12 years ago, I could have, or 25 or 26, 12 years ago, I could do this. I wouldn't have to sit at the table. And like her story is very compelling. And I was like, oh, you guys probably should have followed her. She's like, I thought that too. <laughs> yeah, why, why is the only time we see her is in response to, Brittany, who is obviously not listening to her. Yeah, she had a really good soundbite there where she was saying, you know, I'm I feel like a little girl. Yeah, because she's that's 28 and so much what eating disorders do, you know, they completely I can't say the word infantile, you know, they make you feel like a child in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And and her boyfriend's telling her that he wants to marry her, but he thinks he's got five years tops with her before she dies and rough yeah that's a rough thing for someone to be saying he's not saying it in a mean way like you're gonna die in five years he's saying in a really sad way like i think i probably got five years with you yeah which is realistic like eating disorders are really deadly yeah and she's like and Brittany, because she's a child is the part of when she's crying is like i don't want anybody to be mad at me because she this concern they're expressing makes first of all, their, their tones. And then also like, it's all coming at her. She feels like they're coming for her. Um, and she can't tell the difference between the concern and the mad, you know? I think that also says a lot about how her, or at least her mother, I don't know if her dad's in the picture, would have talked about her eating disorder and this getting treatment around her, you know, because it wasn't, mm. obviously wasn't her choice to get treatment. Sure. And yeah. I wonder how much it was her mom being mad at her, forcing her to get treatment yeah and her mom's got an eating disorder so if your mom's got an eating disorder and she's trying to force you into treatment and there is an unspoken apparently having an eating disorder is fine but you got it too far right cutting yeah. up your food into small bites not eating cheese obsessing over food would have been fine but here you go doing too much um, yeah and how could you not be angry about that I know like as she's leaving putting all her shit I'm like uh, it's like a little trolley or something that they and she's she's and I just I felt really bad about like watching her go um I looked up like what happened to them to the best of my ability and at the end of the doc they say that she lost a lot of weight when she left um but the updates from like maybe three years ago said that she's in recovery. She's a mother of three. And I was like, this came out in 2006, but the updates are from like 2018, but I don't know. She's still 15 in my, I was like a mother of three. <laughs> Who let her do that? <laughs> she had triplets immediately after leaving. That's a lot. That's a lot. She does. She hasn't even finished high school. Um, and like I said, there's a rumor mm-hmm. that she got into heroin and died. And I was like, that's, you know, when I was doing the intervention series, there were so many people that would just showed me like that girl died. <laughs> yeah, but you Google it. There's no obituary or anything. I no. looked that up too. And I was like, mm. I don't think that's, and, and I think they're just doing the, what, you know, what they assume would happen. I, it seems It's a bit like, of narrative. Yeah. I get it. I, you know, 
it's a it's a story but she seems the last heard she's been in recovery from it so that's better than the last time we saw her her leaving with her sad (laughs) little blue trolley um so the next person they concentrate on is Alyssa. she's 30 years old um she's apparently in the air force which she joined to lose weight (laughs) and i (laughs) when she said that she's like no one even knows why i joined the air force nobody knows it just came out of nowhere you know i joined to lose weight i thought i had a vigorous lifestyle i keep the pounds off and i was like oh so you joined the air force i don't know about all that you should have joined something where you move more (laughs) i could tell when she was telling that story though that I think a lot of this happens in AD treatment and probably other types of treatment when she's like, she has wanted to tell someone this for so long. Yeah, yeah. Like she has wanted to tell her narrative, which is fair. Like I get it. And has had no one listen to her probably her whole life. And now she's like, there's a camera crew in here and there's people who are paid to listen to me. Let me goddamn mm-hmm. tell you why I joined the Air Force. Well, well, also like, think about it. You can't go and tell like a random person you work with because they're going to be like what because <laughs> that sounds bonkers to them right but like when she's mm. saying this in in treatment they're like oh yeah that's smart <laughs> it's like and so like this isn't something she can share um i think she's divorced right she has two kids it seems like yeah. she's divorced um yeah, she's divorced she has two small kids um she talks about how her kids had so she started her eating disorder pretty early uh, when she was seven years old. And I can attest that they fucking do this when you go because when you take your kids to the well check, they always give them they always put them on the scale and do all the stuff and tell you what percentage they are. Right. Because child in childhood, you have to be going kind of an arc upwards. You can never be flat. You can because anytime you're not gaining height and weight, we need to ask something's up. Yeah. yeah. So that so it's really important that you always know what percentile your kids are in. But this person, sense. she's saying that they went for like an ear infection. And the person was like, yeah, 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 ear. What are you gonna do about this fat kid, man? She's so fat. <laughs> what are we gonna do about her? And her mother was really shocked. But like a lot of people would just be like, okay, what should we do? And they took her to a nutritionist and she started, that started her dieting. Um, and it's hard because I can so see how a well-meaning parent could be like, oh, I don't want my kid to be sick. Like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll take them to nutritionist and yeah. then 20 years later, this is happening. It's, it's fucking tragic. Yeah. Like there, the doctor pointed out, like the doctor seemed to think this was a very important thing and told me to go to this other person. So that's what I'm doing. But once again, when they show the photos of her, she's not even fat, like she's at all. Fat. Which like not that it's okay to talk to a fat child that way, but I'm like, what was what did this doctor have against this kid? Like, I know, I know. Like, and like I have all these fucking kids. I'm telling you, they grow in stages. It's so weird. Like one day you look at them and their teeth are so fucking huge for their face, and then the next day their face is big, and like it's it, things just they just growing constantly. And and sometimes they're growing out, and sometimes they're growing up, and sometimes it's their feet. It's just 
it this I, I weird. Cer- yeah I certainly wouldn't I like I I myself I worry about my kids all the time but I would have been like no well, let's give it like three weeks you'll look totally different <laughs> so and it's like but again this started just the idea of weight in her mind and she's getting a Snoopy notebook for losing six pounds you know mm. and six pounds when you're fucking eight years old is a lot of weight yeah it's it's oh, I so I so got them when we were talking about because I I remember it clear as day the first time someone called me fat mm. and it is but I was five years old and it's burned into my brain forever so I can oh. totally see how you're already I mean like there is we don't know much but we know there's some sort of genetic component to eating disorders and if you're already a predisposition that tiny bit sometimes all it can take is a, an adult or another kid or someone in your life being like hey you're fat and you're like fuck I am I I hate myself I need to fix this mm-hmm. and then that lifelong obsession can begin. Yeah. And like, I will say like, as much as I wanted to have an eating disorder, as much as I was like, I just wish I could be skinny like those people dying on Lifetime TV. Um, I, I'm i not laughing at you. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that was me too. I get that. Yeah, I was just like, I know they're dying, but look how good they look. But I also, also knew that like, whatever, even if I got skinny, the people would just glom on something else to not like me. But like, it, it did not matter like my weight or what it just whatever they're saying this because they they want to hurt me so when I'm skinny they'll just call me ugly and (laughs) then they'll call me something then they'll call me stupid they'll call me something else and yet I still was like no 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 let's just get this out of the way you know it's it's so weird how your mind works at that like you know when you're super impressionable and shit yeah, so and we weird. live in such, I mean, like, this isn't news to anyone, but we live in such a diet-obsessed, thin-obsessed culture mm. that I don't think anyone escapes that, really. Like, I think yeah. some people just get it a lot worse than others. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's the one that says she tries to keep her calories under 200, under 200 a day, which, what the fuck is she even eating? That I know is fucked up, but honestly, to like, like I said, it's in an eating disorder brain and like, back to when I was on like pro Anna Tumblr that sounded so reasonable 200 like okay so what's that there was I remember when I was like 15 I was like yeah 100 calories a day that's enough for me that's good and I had I had my fitness pal on my phone I would be tracking that shit and I'd be like gum four calories gotta gotta only have a couple pieces of gum a day oh my god it's insane how many teenagers are tracking calorie or track or or like helping along their eating disorder with my fitness pile a million. That's the only reason people love my fitness pal. I'm yes. convinced there's probably like 5% of people who are just like, oh yeah, I should keep track of these things. The rest <laughs> is people with eating disorders. If you ever look at, um, I like those are TikToks that are like things that will trigger your, not like trigger like that, but like if you had an eating disorder, you'll get this. And it'll be like my fitness pal, rice crackers, uh. super size for super skinny. Like that's it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but the most depressing part is I realized it was like six months ago that I could like go back on the app store and figure out what dates I downloaded certain apps. Mm. I downloaded my fitness pal the day after I turned 15. Oh, wow. I was like, that's dark in retrospect. Yeah. So you had a birthday and then you were like, yeah, time to time to get cracking on this eating disorder. Let's keep moving. Mm. <laughs> wow. Ugh. But like that 200 calories a day, I, I, I can't even imagine like that little bit. No, it's of- no food. It's no food. And so one of the things she does mention is that like her whole life is her eating disorder. Her whole life is 
What's in her mouth? Did she get a run? Is she weighing herself? Is she purging? And to eat 200 calories a day is a lot of work. It's a lot of like, I'm going to, I'm going to just eat this little bit of this. I'm not going to do this. My kids are eating. Um, normally you sit, I don't know. It depends. But like when my kids, when my kids are eating, I'm eating. So like now I have to sit at the table with them and not eat, not let one of them put spaghetti in my mouth <laughs> or if they do spit it out real quick, Ooh. like, like stuff like that. Like, okay, so I'm going to work and you know, at work, there's always food and shit. Um, I have to somehow convince my, I have to convince them. I have to like not eat this food and yet also appear as if there's nothing wrong. I, it's, it sounds exhausting. Yeah, it is. That's like eating disorders are a coping mechanism often for trauma because they take up so much of your time and brain space. Mm. And there's no other time to think about everything that you hate about yourself or what's going on or the trauma you're oppressing because it's full of an obsessive behavior. Yeah. You know, there. it's interesting that they do not talk about these people's past trauma. Because if we were watching this and this was a, a, treat, a drug treatment center, we would, uh, they would have given us like, well, she's been through this and this and that. And they don't do that in this. Um, no, they don't. Yeah, I don't think they do it all. No, everything that they, when they start, the first thing they start is like weight stuff. Like either someone said you were fat or when did you start? Like for Shelly, it's con- it's comparison with her sister, her twin and everything. Oh, that um, was also dark. Yeah, it's super dark. So she says that when she, when her son was two, and I'm assuming she was still married. That's why she had to do this. That she would say she was going to give little Josh a bath and put him in the shower, face him the other way and throw up down the drain while he played in the bath. And that is dark as shit. Uh, I wonder what Josh thought she was doing. I do worry about her kids. Not that I think she's a bad mother, but it's I think that anyone in that level of addiction because you know any sort of type of addiction really like it's gonna fuck up your kids a bit you know like there's no way not to yeah yeah yeah. and And, you know and she has that little daughter at the end and I'm just like Mm -hmm. that little daughter's gonna I mean her son as well but you know especially is gonna see all these bad habits and I just hope you're able to get well enough that it doesn't become a cycle you know yeah like you especially mothers and daughters we kind of imprint on our mothers because as society teaches this is how quote to quote unquote be a woman right because that it's your yeah. mother like I <laughs> this is really stupid but sometimes I just kind of like stop and think me and my mom used to be the same person like we used to wherever she went I was like inside her whatever she ate I ate it too and I know that that's like that's a good point that's like a dumb thing to be thinking about because it's like of course that's how that's how babies are born dummy but <laughs> I Still, like, cannot fucking believe we used to be the same person. And so, and so when we talk about the effect our mothers have on us, like, we literally used to be the same person. They're the first person we've ever met, ever. Before we could ever see them, we met them. And then we get, we're pushed into the world, fresh out the fucking puss. And the first person they show us is this lady we've been living inside. And yeah. We have this strength, this, whether it's like a strong relationship, a weak relationship, uh, a bad one, a good one, whatever it is, it is one of the most uh, 
effective relationships you will ever have in your entire life because of that. And so you think about that sort of stuff. And then also as like growing up female um, and your mother is this person that you're supposed to, that you're supposed to look to, right? To decide, to figure out all the clues of the world, right? And she's got an eating disorder and you, she maybe she thinks you don't notice, but you notice that she throws up a lot. You notice that she's never eating. You notice that she's always talking shit about food. And how can that not, how can that not like seep into you, good or bad? Yeah, on, I say this, they better not fucking hear this. On my mom's side of the family, my aunt has four kids and three of them have eating disorders. Oh, wow. Yep. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying a mental illness is a parent's fault, but I think if it's three out of four, you got to do some reflecting, you know? You got to go, wait a second. Yeah. I, I would probably blame it on a nuclear power plant or something. I mean, like, we live in a bad area. <laughs> the water's bad here, but I know it would be me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a yikes. And, like, my my Alma, so my grandma on my mom's side also had an eating disorder, which I didn't even realize till after she was dead. And my sister mm. pointed it out to me. She was like, do you think Alma had anorexia? And I was like, that makes the most sense of anything you've ever said, but it never clicked for me. Well, so, so how'd your sister notice? Oh, my sister's a lot older than me, so... Mm. My mm. sister, it, my two sisters are 16 and 19 years older than me. So I think they oh, just wow. like saw her. Yeah. Yeah. I was a, I was a late in life baby, but um, oh. I think they just had more time. And also my mom died when I was 17. So I didn't see her in the same, you know, adult oh. lens that they okay. did. So think, they're, yeah, yeah. They're fucking grown ups. So they're like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. Like, and, and it's stuff like this that you don't realize a lot of times until you're older, maybe like maybe, maybe Alyssa's daughter, Melissa's daughter may not even be able to put a finger on what was going on with Alyssa until she's like a late teenager, you know? Yeah. Who knows? But she talks about she had a miscarriage because of disorder. She said her whole- so common. Like infertility issues are so, so common if you have an active eating disorder, even just a history of eating disorders. Because like, is it because it affects hormonal things? Yeah. And just, you know, if your body's malnourished, like it's less likely to support, you know, growing a baby. It's not impossible, but it is, Mm. you know, it's worse. I remember I was in treatment with multiple women who were like, I'm just here because I want to have a baby and I know I can't if I'm not eating. Uh, You know who who was affected by this juliana rancic i know i'm like bringing up like really random people but she's that news correspondent the woman from a news yeah she could yeah. not have a baby i thought she was black for like <laughs> 10 years i remember finding out that she was white it, it was my the mind. hair she like the yeah. way she wore her hair like she really did like a lot of like black styles but yeah um she you know um she and her husband, her husband won the first apprentice. His name is Bill. And the two of I know, what a right? Brag. Random, right? Like, and he has to say that for the rest of his life. So <laughs> people are going to be like, how'd you get into business? Well, do you remember Donald Trump? <laughs> so, I'm going to fight it away, but remember. Yeah, remember that dictator we have? That guy? <laughs> yeah, man, I was on the show. Uh. So the two of them... Um, were struggling for a baby for years and years and years. And she was so underweight. And I remember they had this TV show on E. I definitely watched it because I'm a garbage person. And she, they were like, you have to gain something like 10 pounds. And she was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. And 
the her eating disorder was the unspoken thing in that show over and over and over again and i was like are you guys just gonna come out and say that like she has an eating disorder and it's been spurred on by the fact that she's in entertainment and people praise her for being like ridiculously thin and that the two of you your marriage is like totally on the rocks because you guys definitely want desperately want to have a baby and like he blames her but is not saying that and she's like into she's in distress and like to me being like gain 10 pounds i'm like okay what do you want me to eat but she is like i cannot gain 10 pounds it's like my life will be over if i gain i like i believed her that's so sad right it's so sad and 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 but e e the the channel is playing like a uh, goofy music underneath it and i'm like girl this, this is serious and you guys are like do 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 uh, it was really bad but yeah that i mean that's the first person i think of when i think of somebody who was desperate to have a baby but couldn't because of weight issues and uh, i mean allegedly i don't guys i please don't sick juliana rancic on me like i don't she's never admitted to having an eating disorder i'm gonna send this to her <laughs> i'm gonna get like a cease and desist and i'm gonna be like fuck juliana found me <laughs> so yeah no I, idea what she's up to these days it's been a minute and she's still on this and she might still be on the e- i haven't that. watched in so many years but i miss it i should well, find a way to you don't have to now right because we yeah, have so it. much shit to watch <laughs> what i would watch that type of shit when i was like there's nothing on flipping through the channels and oh i know who juliana rancic is and who's she talking to somebody from a d-list reality show sure let's do that that's what we I... don't have to now <laughs> i spent my entire summer through year seven year eight so when I was 13 to going into 14 just watching reality tv that's Ugh. all I did that entire summer and I'm like look I was depressed but that kind of ruled <laughs> well reality tv is perfect for depressive personalities um because yeah. the thing is the same thing keeps happening over and over again right so nothing new happens even though we'll say we want something new to happen nothing new happens everybody on there is doing worse than you are so even if you're like going through like severe depression, you can say, at least I didn't get arrested on the side of the road in Utah for like, exactly. yeah, you, it makes you feel like at least you're not that. That's the same I reason still... I watch hoarders sometimes. <laughs> I can clearly remember this episode of, it's like the UK version of 16 and Pregnant. It's called like Underage and Pregnant or something like that. Mm. And there's one episode of, there's this family who had three daughters, two twins who are 14, both who had babies. I think one had a baby and one was pregnant. And I was like, look, I'm turning 14. At least I'm not doing that. Yeah. You're like, you know what? I'm doing okay. <laughs> Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing. I might have no friends, but I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at one point they make a list of draw her body, like a life-size version of her oh, body. I hated this. Okay. So this is what I wanted to, this is what I wanted to ask. Like, I have no idea if this is helpful because no, I don't, I don't think they'd be doing this in 2021 at all. Okay. Okay. So they make her draw a life-size version of her body. Then a nurse guys, then a nurse goes or a, a admin, someone, their a staff member says, has her like, then outlines her body to show her the difference. And if I had done that, like, I'm not going to draw, I would have drawn any, like, there's no way it would have fit neatly inside the body I drew. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think I have, I have somewhat of an interesting perspective because I was like an overweight person in ED treatment. And so 
so much, not even necessarily in the treatment, but so many people's reactions to telling them you telling them you have an eating disorder is them being like, but you're not even fat. You're like normal. And I'm like, no, I am fat. Like I'm aware this isn't a shock, but that doesn't mean you have to get a secret, you know? And yeah. I do think at least the clinical side of that might be getting better, but you hear so often, you know, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, if it's better to be healthy than have an eating disorder. And I'm like, okay, but maybe it's better to be a bit overweight than hate myself constantly. Like, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I didn't know how helpful. But what, what if she drawn herself and it was normal? And then they just traced her and they're like, oh yeah, that is what you look like. <laughs> and she just said she was short and squat and ugly and fat. And, and then they draw and it's perfectly the same. And they're like, okay, well, you did say you were short and squat and ugly and fat. So- <laughs> But the thing is, you can't treat the eating disorder by validating it away and being like, well, you are beautiful, so you don't need it because that's not what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if it was just a case of needing how- a makeover, then we'd be a makeover. Then you just give them a mirror and be like, look at you, you're not fat. And they're like, oh, wow, thanks for letting me know. Like, yeah. so I didn't understand that. And then she wrote all these things on the, the drawing about like her problem areas and I was like oh what like she's supposed to like draw on problem areas are we supposed to be doing this I just felt like I was like I, I I don't know what I'm talking about but I just didn't know how effective something like that would be on anybody no, I did not think that, that that nothing like that happened in my treatment and I don't think they'd be doing that anywhere okay anymore i hope um i did i mean like an eating disorder group on facebook and i did search up this documentary and someone was like oh yeah i went to that treatment center like three years ago it's nothing like this anymore oh thank goodness yeah thank goodness um i'm so happy that you weren't like yeah princess they definitely had me draw my body (laughs) and they had me circle the parts i don't like (laughs) the only time i've done any sort of outline in my body is when i was 11 and we did like um Mm. Like not quite sex ed, but like taught us about like puberty in school. Um, but we had to draw an outline or like someone else drew an outline of our body. And then we had to write down all the changes that would happen to it over puberty. And oh. even at 11, I was like, how is this? How am I learning? <laughs> I'm like, I'm 11. I already have tits. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like my 11 year old is not like he is starting puberty, but he is like resistant to it. And the other day he came home from school and was like, Listen, some people were in a lot of trouble today. A lot of people had to go to Prince. I was like, what was going on? He's like, well, in recess, five people were in a group kissing. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. He's like, he's like, it wasn't me. I was like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't you because you were comfortable with all sorts of things. Like, yeah. He's like, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know where they learned that from. I just told my teacher, I don't want to be involved in nothing like this. (laughs) Like, he's but like I've oh. always like I'm like dude like half the people in your class have have are done with puberty they have mustaches and so like mm. like 11 is a weird age where lots of people are already like you know like you said have tits you know what I mean yeah, yeah um, I I sympathize with that because I definitely I hit like physical puberty early but like maybe this is like the repressed gay part of my brain but mm. mentally it was like a good five years later like that did yeah. not click yet right well I mean that makes a lot of sense when the people like when the people around you are going or doing going through this heteronormative circle right and people and everyone's like this is what's going to happen next and you are not a person that can even see yourself in that you're like oh that's not for me 
and yeah. and it turned it it turns exactly. into a puberty's not for me because I don't know what exactly. you guys are doing over there because <laughs> I don't want I just oh, I so distinctly remember being 12 and coming home from school and being like mom everyone has a boyfriend and I hate it and I just don't want them to <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah 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 definitely I that makes all the sense in the world um Alyssa seems very cooperative with therapy right I mean with treatment she's yeah, giving she speeches wants to be there. Yeah, she's giving speeches about about trying your best and like she doesn't seem at all a part of the of the group of bad girls. <laughs> no, she seems very like type A personality. Like I can see mm-hmm. her like taking her kids to some sort of sport and being like just cheering them on the whole time and not really knowing <laughs> what's going on but being supportive. Like that's what she gives me vibes of. Yeah, she's also like she seems like a very um cognizant mother, right? And yeah probably if someone like I could totally see someone describing her as a really good mother except for her eating disorder like yeah and I I bet it upsets her how illogical her eating disorder is sure and I bet that's not helpful (laughs) (laughs) you know I think she's just like well it doesn't make any sense why am I doing this why is it the only thing that's making me feel good it's like because it's a disorder it's a mental illness like it's not you can't map it out on paper like you can everything else in your life yeah, she's the one that said that, like, it was a couple of years ago that she decided she could not find joy in anything else. She'd been trying, 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 and that she just decided that she, all she ever wanted was to be thin. So if it killed her to do it, at least she'll be thin. And that's how we get her at 200 calories a day. I appreciated um, how honest she was. Just, you know, because I think a lot of women in those, that center and in just as treatment centers in general would think like that. They just wouldn't admit it. Mm, true true because they think that if they said it people would think they're like oh then they'll really know i'm sick you know yeah and i think there's also an element i think with a lot of mental illness when you're young but especially eating disorders of not being able to acknowledge how sick what you think and say is so Mm. the way she says that she's like yeah i know this is wrong i know that's not what you should be thinking but i think a lot of other women would frame it in a different way if that makes sense because they don't want to acknowledge that that's an unhealthy thought yeah so she leaves her insurance is running out too and when she's leaving the admin who's kind of packing her up is asking what are you going to do tonight are you going to be okay and Alyssa's like i don't have any plans and it's going to have to be okay you know it's not a lot of crying and i'm not and like for a lot of people that were leaving they're like in serious distress and she's just like I feel like she went in her room and they were like, well, you, you know, your insurance is running out. And she's like, okay, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Insurance was a real villain of this documentary. Yes. The, the, the villain is insurance. Exactly. It was insurance all along. <laughs> um, <laughs> she moves her family nearby so she can do outpatient treatment, which made me happy because um, I think a lot of people do inpatient treatment and like intense inpatient treatment for a short time. And then, it seems like they just kind of kick you out into the world. And I don't think most people are ready to just go back out into the world. And um, I felt like she was going to have some support, but what happens is that Shelly, who she's become friends with towards the end, meets up with her before Shelly goes home to, um, they have dinner, they're eating nachos and wings and all kinds of shit. And she says goodbye to her. And already at dinner, She's starting to do 
disordered eating type things like with the salad and things like that asking for the dressing on the side so she's trying to eat it yeah shaking the salad and like the thing is is that someone who doesn't have disordered eating could also not like Caesar dressing and not want and want it on the side and also be like oh this salad is drenched in dressing and like trying to make it more palatable for themselves to eat but because we know what Alyssa has gone through and is currently going through it's it's almost like the first notes of the music in a horror movie you know you're like oh yeah the monster's back yeah well I remember when I was in treatment I don't remember exactly what was happening but I was just eating my meal and I was eating maybe like the peas first and then the bit of chicken next whatever and I just come up to me and she was like hey Matilda you need to eat like a little bit of something and then a little bit of something else and then like not just all of one thing at a time and I was like what the fuck are you talking about like <laughs> but I totally see how as someone with an eating disorder they could be like well that's you trying to control the food and I'm like no I'm just I like I'm eating in this order like this I just how... think about it yeah this is how I eat. but I get it like you know I get it yeah but, yeah it was a lot yeah. of that me being like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> so when that night when she's home with the kids and she's in a biggish house on her own and like her front I was like this she's not she's not poor I mean that house isn't like amazing but she's not poor it's a decent house though yeah she had a toilet closet which is how I define wealth and so <laughs> It's not true, but like I have a toilet closet now, but I've never had one or been in one before. And so now that I'm looking at houses and stuff, I'm always like, do they have a toilet closet? Because I can't go back. <laughs> I love this for you. Such a random thing. I never fucking thought about once. I like, I'm not even calling it the right name, Matilda. I don't know what the, what's the real name for a toilet closet. I have no idea. I was like, is that what they call it in America? I guess. That sounds but ridiculous. I know what, exactly what you mean. I know what you mean. But that sounds ridiculous, right? That's not even a nice name, toilet closet. But <laughs> now that I have been given a toilet closet, it you can't is go the, back. Yeah, it's determined like it society, wealth, my standing in society is based on whether or not I have a toilet closet. So I love that. I yeah, love so, that. So when I saw she had one, I was like, she's gonna be fun. So but it was so dark though, how they um I keep saying dark, but that's what the documentary is. Her scale literally in front of the toilet. And she not put it side, right back. Not, you know, like right there. Like she goes, like, I would be, I would be curious if they even recommend her to be owning a scale. No, they wouldn't. I you know for me, I haven't weighed myself since, or I didn't weigh myself in treatment that I was being weighed, but like, I haven't weighed myself since before I went to treatment at all. Yeah. Even though like now I'd probably be fine, but I'm like, I don't want to risk, like, what's the point? Like all that mm. I'm going to find out is a number that's either going to make me happy or sad probably and it's not right. helpful like it's not like I have any medical condition that needs me to be monitoring my weight for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah exactly and it was just so she purges I mean the dog doesn't even want in to in front do of the camera yeah she's no problem That's the dog know, she does not give a fuck the dog's running up to her like stop it stop it she's like get out of here <laughs> poor dog's like you're not supposed to be doing this and when she's done she cleans her toilet meticulously exactly she said she's a type a person exactly she cleans her toilet meticulously she has an electric toilet brush cleaner i i've never even seen one of those things i want it too what now i'm gonna get one of those and that's gonna be like determining my station in life whether or not i have a toilet (laughs) electric toilet brush cleaner and then she like cleans it up really nicely and puts the scale right back in front of the toilet yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the sort of thing I think with the kids. Where I'm like, how can you grow up in an environment where there's a, 
scale in front of your toilet and not have that fuck you up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And kids notice all this shit. They're all up in your yeah. fucking business. They know everything. Like I knew every little fucking thing about my mom and dad and things they that you don't even expect them to pick up. And so they know. Um, yeah. Well, I always say I learned how to be suicidal for my mom because I remember being, yeah. you know, a little kid and her screaming about how she wanted to die. And, you know, I don't, well, I blame my mom for a lot of things. That's not her fault. She had on handled mental illnesses, but yeah. I was like, at a, you know, child age, I was like, oh, that's the right response to being sad. Okay. Like, yeah. That sounds like the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, so when she leaves, she got discharged. She lost 20 pounds and attempted suicide. Um, it says with diuretics. I didn't know. That I was thought a- that was like the Scientology thing. <laughs> That's Dianetics. <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's my dyslexia for you. <laughs> I love the idea of L. Ron Hubbard helping her kill herself. Like I was <laughs> very confused. Tom Cruise was there and so was Kirstie Alley and they were all like, do it. <laughs> that was dark, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was funny. I liked it. <laughs> but I think Dianetics are like these pills that like... Um, like they're water pills. They they push water out of you. Yeah. But I didn't know. You could kill, oh, I but- guess if you got like real dehydrated, you die. I guess. I know. So she tries to kill herself, and uh, she returned to Renfro. And as of like after a second, she's been in recovery. There, I, I every update I've seen, she's still in recovery. So that sounds good. That's yeah. That's good to hear. I definitely think it's not uncommon for people to go to eating disorder treatment more than. Once, especially within like the same year, even. Yeah. Because, you know, that shit's hard. It's hard. And then, like, especially she left before she was ready to leave. And I wonder who's keeping her kids. And, like, I'm sure she. That dog that told her not to do it. (laughs) What if we find out that dog's like a a, um, accommodations dog and is really, (laughs) like, has been trained to help people with eating disorders? That would be awesome. They should have, they should, that should be a thing. Is that a business? Yeah, that's, that could be a business, business idea, guys. And the dog was so smart. <laughs> so it's helpful. But like, I just think about like, I, I'm, I'm sure they don't have time to get into this, but I'm thinking about like her family dynamics of, because I'm sure her kids are with like a parent or like one of her or sister or something like that. And yeah, their dad didn't, well, she moved the kids to a different state without like, yeah, know, seemingly any pushback. So I don't think the dad would be that present. Yeah, and so like unless he was moving too, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, can you imagine an ex wanting to move, like being like, "Oh, sure, I'll move states because you need to go to outpatient treatment at your eating disorder." Yeah, that's not something that happens. No, more likely they'll sue you for custody and be like, "You're a bad mom," and I'm gonna take the kids from you. Um, Mm. but I'm just worried. Like, I'm. I know that it's more complicated than she could just get out of uh, treatment and then go right back. And like, I know it's more complicated than that. And it probably, that all affects her treatment, like the, these outside pressures, you know? Um, one more thing I want to mention about her. She was talking, like we watch her put on the same clothes over and over again in the mirror. Yeah, there's definitely like, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but there seems to be some sort of OCD yeah. element to her, which I think is for a lot of people with eating disorders, but especially with her, there seems to be some OCD going on. Yeah, she said she put on, on just like 20 different pairs of underwear before she leaves the house. Yeah, that's not, that's something. I don't know what, because I'm not a doctor, but that's something that's not working in your brain properly. Well, I'm sure there's like a ton of like cross mental illness stuff that people like realize in treatment, you know, like that. Yeah. You know, they thought it was about what they looked like and it turned out to be like a lot of other shit underneath it. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't think anyone just has an eating disorder, you know, like mm. there's at least depression under it, you know, there's always sure. it's a it's masking something, you know, the same way people aren't just addicted to whatever drug or uh, mm. alcoholics. It's, it's covering something. Yeah, it's not like you like the taste of gin. <laughs> like, and yeah. that's the whole reason you're there. <laughs> but exactly. I, I can see on day one you get there and they're like, what's your problem? Man, I love gin. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't, that's why I've killed several people with my car. All my family has left me, but I just love the taste of gin. And then, like, I don't know, 90 days in, they're like, turns out I actually have so much fucking underlying drama, a mental illness, and it really wasn't about the gin turns out oh interesting you know so i would hear that person's backstory <laughs> that's that documentary yeah i'm working on it <laughs> so <laughs> the next person i want to talk about is shelly shelly's 25 again i think she's the protagonist of the story right we start yeah. with her intake we end with her going home um she is you know they're showing him around showing her around explaining the rules of the meals taking pics searching her stuff this is all normal stuff for treatment. Like, I know it reminded. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. I'm really bad at interrupting. Um, I interrupt it reminded me. <laughs> Good. When I went to treatment, right? So they obviously like searched my back, whatever. And I didn't, I was dumb. I didn't put all my medication in like one spot. It was just throughout my bag. So they took it all out. And they missed one thing. I, th- I think it was just like vitamins. I don't even think it was medication. Mm-hmm. And then when I was unpacking, I found it. And I was like, oh, I better give them this. So I went up to the front desk and I was like, here, you'll go. And they're like, oh, we need to search your room again then. And I was like, but I didn't, I, I gave it to you. You missed it. This isn't my fault. And I remember two nurses came and one was just sort of like, you know, making sure there was nothing obvious anywhere, sort of just going for the motions. But the other one was acting like I'd snuck in some sort of spy equipment. She like lay on the ground. I was looking under my bed. Oh my and the other nurse was like, yeah, the other nurse was like, you don't need to do that. Like, they're obviously not hiding anything. It's fine. I'm so lazy I must, that I'd be like, if you did that, you nurses, should be able to have it. <laughs> a majority of the nurses at my treatment center were really, really nice. And especially the ones that we had, like a majority of the, you know, most days are super lovely. It was just occasionally you get something, you'd be like, where did you learn? Like, what's happening? Well, do you think that the staff in this stock were nice or like effective or like... <sighs> what was your impression of them it's it was hard I thought the therapist was really nice the guy yeah yeah I thought I think it was the dietitian who like yells at like calls Shelly a lie and then you know it's proven wrong and she's like oh I'm sorry that's a nutritionist yeah, yeah 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 I was like fuck her yeah she's like what I'm saying is I don't trust you and I was yeah. like well she doesn't need to hear that right now you shouldn't trust anybody in here they're all in treatment for like yeah. So like you, you know, you take everything with a grain of salt. I, I just, I don't know. She called, she called Shelly sneaky. And listen, Shelly's not some like, <laughs> Shelly is sneaky, but the fact that she's in, if her life was manageable, she wouldn't be in treatment. And she's been in treatment on and off for six years and has a feeding tube. Oh, so she's, feeding tube. she's deep in this shit. She says that her feeding tubes in her stomach and she had a feeding tube in her mouth but her dad didn't like that um so instead of getting her help he just put it in her stomach well he was just like i'm not taking any more pictures of you in that feeding tube so (laughs) come on let's go to the hospital her dad okay so her dad i did not like her dad well her dad said she had an eating disorder because of utah (laughs) the people of utah they'd be walking these little dogs they don't eat good food 
<laughs> these people in Utah fucked her up. And Shelly actually has to be like, well, you know, I don't think it's Utah. And even I was like, okay, we'll start that sentence over. What you said is you and your wife got a, dis- got a divorce. And she and Shelly, like the kids and, and, and the wife relocated to Utah. I'm assuming she's a teenager or at this point. Is it Utah or is it the fact that like she had a traumatic event happen in her life and she had to, her whole life changed, stressed her and like exasperated something that was already there? It reminded me of like those Dr. Phil episodes where there'll be a parent with a troubled teen. They'll be like, she just turned 15 one day and completely changed. And they'll be like, oh yeah, she was like sexually abused and like bullied. And we moved like 18 times when she was a kid, but she really wasn't a problem until she was 15. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like my, my kid's therapist always said that like, when people talk to her, the first thing it goes like, it just happened overnight. And she always finds out that it's absolutely not the truth. And that it just happened overnight because it doesn't even make any sense. Nothing happens to anyone overnight. Maybe you just started noticing overnight. Exactly. And I think that's really true with eating disorders because by the time people start to notice, mm. it's often already that person needs help now, you know, like in le- rare occasions, obviously not, but a majority of the time, by the time you've noticed that this isn't just a diet or losing some weight or growing up, it's an eating disorder. That person's yeah. already been suffering for who knows how long. Sure. That's true. Um, Shelly's a psychiatric nurse and that was a yikes. She, I know. And, and like, but you're like, yeah, obviously when you're like, when you're in the psych ward, those people have lives, right? They're just not like, yeah sitting there waiting for the next patient to come in there they got their own shit you know yeah Um, no I did it's just sad that she's obviously someone educated in a mental illness and it still just doesn't click with her oh man I feel like she uses that education to like like further her like she talks about stealing insulin to kill herself with and (sighs) that she was crushing up pills and they're like what kind of pills and she just starts naming off every pill in the fucking world and I was like oh I think she made up some new fucking pills when she was talking about that. <laughs> I was like, that's not even out on the market yet, Shelly. Why, would you, why uh, did you get that? <laughs> and she was going to crush um, them up and stick them in her feeding tube. Oh, dark. Then, um, there's also a, I don't know what was good. It was just the topic was interesting. Documentary on YouTube that's British about people with, um, fuck, I completely am, with diabetes. My brain was like, what is the word for diabetes? Who have eating disorders? And it's oh, so wow. interesting because basically every treatment center is like, well, we're not really qualified to help if you're, you know, using your insulin to f- fuel the eating disorder. Like, we don't know what to do with you. Right. That, that must be so complicated. Yeah. It's interesting. <sighs> yeah. I bet there's a lot of people that are in like situations where, or I, I think a lot about people with disabilities um, and yeah. how certain things happen that, there just isn't anybody that is willing to take them on. Like think about someone who has like maybe Tourette's or something like that. And also has like a drug addiction and also, you know what I'm saying? Like these things that are laid on top of each other and trying to find the appropriate help for, and then also you have to take certain types of drugs and then that interacts with other things. And I, I remember watching an intervention episode that was about someone who had something like a diabetes and they were like abusing their insulin. Oh. 
it's all it's like it's all like you're like oh we'll just take the alternative to insulin you know yeah that's not, that's not i think fun. even like my treatment center was even hard if you had like a dietary requirement like i know one of the women there was buddhist and so she was like couldn't eat egg and she was like i just had to give that up while i'm in here like it was that between you know that oh, and getting wow. better and i was like that's fucked i mean like i get it because it's hard for them to make you know but also yeah. she should be able to not eat egg <laughs> if it's for yeah. a religious reason oh yeah and did you see okay there was that moment where the where the the chef, the guy who makes all the food or whatever, was in the office. The doors open, loudly talking about mm-hmm. how he needs to lose weight, and they're and they're like, "You should eat six meals a day." Or they're giving him advice. I was like, "People can fucking hear you guys. You're in here." Yeah. Talking that should about- not be talked about anywhere on this site. Like, I don't care yes. if you're in the car park. I don't care. Like, shut Nowhere. up. Nowhere. No, because they can hear you, and you're like literally yelling out stuff that is triggering or things that they've used to further their disorder and encouraging him. And I do understand he doesn't have an eating disorder. Right. I do understand that, but I don't know. Like I like, you know, I'm not addicted to alcohol, but I like wouldn't just be swigging a beer in the office at a rehab center. Exactly. I just wouldn't. <laughs> so like, that was weird to me. And that's what I meant by like some of the staff stuff. Um, when Shelly, so they, they, they call it like a team meeting, I guess. And it's where every person that works on your case. So the psychiatrist, the therapist, the nutritionist, all the nurses, the, everybody that works on your shit, all meet and talk about you. And then you come in the room and they talk to you. And they were yeah, like, we had those at my treatment center too. They were on Friday. And did you like, so it felt to me sometimes like they were like talking shit about them. Yeah. <laughs> like, look. It does feel a bit that way sometimes. I remember, so like my first week, I barely, like I don't think there was a single day I finished every meal. Mm. I remember they came in and they were like, look, if you don't do this, we are going to make you leave. Oh, <laughs> Which yeah. I, like, well, the thing with my treatment center is you had to actively want to be there and you mm. had to be, they were like, you know, they weren't like, if you don't eat, you know, you can never have a substitute once or we'll kick you out. They were just like, you need to be making the effort. So I do get it. But I was just like, I don't want to talk to any of you anymore. <laughs> Please let yeah. me leave. Yeah. And, and like, they're not in, like, an involuntary psych ward. They're not in prison. Uh, Shelly often, so they, they drink this resource thing, I guess that's to get nutrients. Like, it's like a Yeah, it's just like a, like a protein shake kind of thing. Like, right. taste-wise. I don't know what's in it. But, um. But it helps you, like. Um, get the nutrients you need when you're not like yeah okay so they make them eat drink that and like she wouldn't drink it and she wouldn't eat the food and stuff and there's nothing they can do about that except for discharge yeah, so she would have just been yeah discharged at my I don't think there was a single time I saw someone not finish their supplement right so you have to drink that um but they're just saying that like she's sneaky and you gotta watch her and then they come in and they say because the thing that Shelly did was she told a nurse I'm assuming they get the vitals and everything that she had been using her tube to purge her feeding tube which it it makes it easier for her to purge um she doesn't even have to throw up she can just like push it out and so obviously she said she told them team meeting and so they want to take out her feeding tube because they think that it is helping her uh, along in the disorder as opposed to like uh 
you know, making it harder for her. And she apparently agrees to it. I hated the scene where they show the little, like, camera going in to take it. Oh, made me feel so gross. Matilda, why did they show us that? <laughs> I why? Don't, I, uh, it was so, like, did they need to make the runtime or something? It was so not needed. It was not needed. This is not an episode of Botched where we're going to see a bloody surgery scene. I It just came out of nowhere. I didn't even understand, like, at first I was like, what am I looking at? Because... <laughs> But I, they take it out because it's 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 uh, hurting her rather than helping her at this point because she can eat she just won't. Um, well, she will eat orally at this point. Uh, she's also on a lot of drugs, <laughs> like a lot of psychiatric drugs, um, just a lot of like anti anxiety, anti depression, uh, you know. And they they took her off of it because you know she it was just a lot, and she's having a lot of mood swings. And at one point they find, okay, so this is the problem. <laughs> they, someone comes to the team and says, or someone reports to the team that they have found a partially eaten veggie burger in Shelly's room, which is like a problem, right? You're not supposed to have food back in your room. You're not supposed to hoard food for whatever reason. Um, it, they found it in there. And that's when she loses a level, Okay. The nutritionist says, I do not believe you. I'm not going to believe you, you filthy fucking liar. <laughs> you are so mean. Fuck you, Shelly. We hate you. And, then, and like Shelly's crying and she's so upset. And I understand why she's upset. Now, before they revealed that this is this didn't happen, I didn't know whether to believe her or not, because like I said, I have five fucking kids and plenty of times someone's been crying in my face going, no one believes me. And we find out they were fucking lying (laughs) the whole time. And then when I go, why were you crying? And we didn't believe you. And they'll be like, because I wanted you to believe me. I was like, but you were lying. And they're like, yeah, but I still wanted you to believe me. And so, (laughs) but like, so to me, when I saw that scene, I was like, it could go either way. I like, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't fucking know. She could totally be crying and it was, and she did do this stuff or she'd be crying and they, and they're like fucking with her. But what it turns out is that the, the veggie burger wasn't found in her room. It was found near her bathroom, not even in her bathroom, I think near her bathroom. And some other girl has been admitting to hiding food and, and did this. And so like, after they have interrogated her, call her a fucking liar. <laughs> threaten to make her leave then they're like oh that was somebody else sorry man the thing also is even if she had done that the meanness wasn't needed yeah like i once again there's like telling anecdotes about my own life but when i was in treatment i think it was like within the first week or two i'd been there i had to get a covid test because like I said, this was like the height of COVID. So I had to self-isolate in my room. So this brought all my meals to my room. Guess what I did? Didn't eat them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they like found some of them in my bin and they were like, why didn't you eat them? And I'm like, why do you think? Like, the no reason I'm here. Me. <laughs> and they were kind of like, yeah, well, don't like, we're going to write that down, but don't do it again. Like, like, I don't know, maybe she had a history of doing that and that wasn't in the documentary, but I'm like, that's, it is going to happen. You know, like people right. sneak out food, people purge in treatment all the time. Like it happens. That's the reason she's here. So yeah. if you found a half eaten be- veggie burger in her room, you shouldn't be like, oh, what? You should be exactly. like, okay, 
So we're going to have to be more careful because you can't bring food back in here. You know why? So I think for the next week or whatever, we're going to have to be a little more careful with um, before you leave the, I have to, that's why I probably say, I probably say we're going to have to, and you're going to know why we can't, we can't, um, we're going to have to check before you go back or whatever. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's, it's, and I always talk about this, like, okay, so when it comes to the children, like it, it, people, if something bad happens, people go to DEFCON 5, right? Because not only did they do something wrong, but how dare they, because they're a child, right? Children are allowed to do things that are wrong. We don't give them the benefit of the doubt. They lose something. It's automatically because they, because they are being, because they weren't being responsible. Not that shit. Sometimes people lose shit. And so the appropriate response has to be at the same level of what happened. Um, like my oldest lost his key and we're trying to, I knew he was going to lose his key when I fucking gave it to him. I gave him a key so that we can practice him losing his key. That's what we're really practicing. Losing keys. Okay. And so when he lost his key, I got another key mate and my husband was like, you need to tell him that if he loses another key, we're never giving him another key. And I was like, why would I lie to him like that? Like there's, there's like for the rest of his life, he could never have a key to the house. So what are you going to, are we just going to like, He's going to be 17 and we just have to make sure we're here to let him in at all times. That's the, he's like, I don't know. We're going to have to get like a smart lock and he'll have to knock on the door and we'll look into the ring camera and then we'll unlock. I said, who's going to do that? You don't even answer your phone. What are you talking about? You mean, <laughs> this is going to be me. I said, that's a lie. I'm going to give him a key. I said, if you want to make it hard, I can make him pay for the keys. Right. I can make him. Yeah, it's valid. That's valid. That's what I said. If he loses his key, my husband loses his keys all the time. I'm like, when you lose your key, all you have to do is go to Home Depot and get another key and it's fine. Like, but you have to do the inconvenience of going to Home Depot to make a key and doing all the shit. And he's like, yeah, and it's like, yeah. So that's what we're going to do with him. We're not going to like make some arbitrary extra bullshit, call him a liar, spit in his face. And then, you know what I mean? And that's what they did to Shelly. They were just like, here's a thing that, sh- that, we actually knew you were probably going to do, which is why we have all these rules, which is why you're in fucking treatment. And we, we just decided that from now on, you're a fucking liar. And we hate you. And I just thought it was <sighs> like, she, it was so upsetting <laughs> to me. And I didn't even, I didn't even do it. It was really upsetting. Yeah, no, I agree. And the thing is also like eating people with eating disorders are sneaky and lie about food because that's how they, they don't want people to know they have eating disorders like that's the whole point <laughs> the eating disorder was like no 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 let's keep this a secret don't tell people mm-hmm. about it um yeah it, so her mom comes to visit uh, obviously her mom and dad come at different times by the way just so you guys know shelly did confirm that utah did not give her the eating disorder like that is not the root of her eating disorder and her dad seems skeptical but still but her mom oh. comes at a different time and Shelly's talking about going home with her mom and they're all like, you think she's going to let you? And I'm like, Shelly must see the thing is, like you said, there is some consequence from her leaving. And I think she lives with her mom. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. That would explain a lot. Right. So I, you literally don't have anywhere to go if your mom won't let you go. Yeah. And I know, I don't know about in the US, obviously, but I know here often they won't discharge you to home. Like if you have supportive yeah. family, they'll be like, can you go stay with them for, you know, a couple of weeks or stuff like that? Oh, okay. Okay. And obviously like it's di- like, I'm like in my early twenties, like I'm sure if I was in my forties, it'd be different and things like that. But they often like look to see if that's an option. Yeah. But I think that also makes sense that they're trying to come up with an aftercare thing that 
is it just you going back to the apartment you lived in where you're like practicing your eating disorder where no one can see you and just like going right back to the old routine exactly yeah um she doesn't end up going with her mom, but later her twin comes to visit. And the first thing I thought was like, Bullshit. oh, it's so spooky. <laughs> well, everyone thought that was Shelly. And I was like, this woman has a, a black bob and Shelly is running around here with like brownish long hair. And I understand they have the same face, but if you were just walking by, I don't know. I just felt like the seven people that walk by and goes, oh, I thought that was Shelly. I was like, you guys are just doing this because they're twins. Like, there is no way you walk past this woman and thought automatically that's Shelly. There's no fucking way. I thought they were just doing that for the camera. Probably, but also they did look exactly the same to me except for the hair. Yes, they did. When they were sitting next to each other, I was like, they okay. just looked like they're wearing, like, I was, part of me was like, could they not get a sister to like films? They just made Shelly wear a wig and then recreate <laughs> the scenes. <laughs> Oh, stunts and shenanigans on then. <laughs> I do wonder though if some of that audio of people being like, I thought that was Jelly was just like picked up from other scenes and spliced into that one bit though. Mm, okay. Because it did seem like eight people said that the space of about a minute. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think like, so, you know, they're, they have a competitive thing in which Shelly compares herself to her sister um, and her sister, to be honest, they don't look very different in in sorts of weight her sister obviously looks like she weighs a little bit more her sister also has a kid and she's just like I'm not as smart as she is I'm not as strong as she is I'm so weak and her sister is like she feels like everything she says her sister seems over to be honest but she says she feels like everything she says means if she said if she doesn't say anything it means she doesn't care and she says something it's like drama and she has her own stuff to deal with I mean she seems very angry at Shelly yeah, well, I imagine Shelly was the one who's getting every bit of attention from their family for the past, sure. you know, how long did they say she had eating disorder for? Like, I, I'm not yeah. saying it's okay, but I get it. Yeah, and, like, twins have a weird relationship. I, twins are weird, okay? I My nieces are twins, and I tell them they're weird all nieces the that fucking are twins time. too. Yeah, they're weird, girl. They're weird. And so, like, um, I just feel like they have a weird dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just can't imagine. Like, I, sorry, I'm, <coughs> I'm okay. Um, like I compare myself to my sisters who were almost twenty years older than me at a completely different stages of their life. I can't imagine having such a one to one. Sure, like that would fuck anyone up. Surely they always went to the same schools. They yeah. always kind of knew that even, even if their parents were cognizant enough to be like they can't be in the same classroom. But yeah. they, they, everyone always knew who they were. They, they were always doing the same thing at the same time. And now one of you has an eating disorder in which she absolutely compares herself to the other one. And if I was Shelly's sister, I'd also kind of be like, why? Like, like, why is that even a thing? Like, it's hard to understand the logic behind it when you're not in it, you know? Yeah. And I think if it was someone who you were like, I look like you were fine. Like we look the same. Why are you so upset about this? Yeah. And then also when Shelly's at her sickest and she's at her least weight, anytime she's around her sister, her sister is the embodiment of what she's supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel that way about Mary Kate and Ashley all the time. How, That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. How like, I mean, listen, they both look like ghosts anyway. Okay. I don't, that like, that's, that's a given. I don't, they they look like they've been dead a really long time but 
the fact is that when Mary Kate is at her worst with her body stuff, Pete, she, the person she is closest to in the world, it is difficult to be around because she's supposed to look like that. Oh, I, I bet just wish Mary so Kate and Ashley were on social media. All <laughs> I wish in this world. And I know it will never happen. Not going to happen. But I want it so bad. What what kind of post do you think you get from them? (laughs) I want like a weird, like grainy film camera post of like a ceiling. Like that's what I want. All you're going to get is sponsored posts for cigarettes. That's all you're going to fucking get. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's legal, but I think that's what's going to happen. I love that. I love any time. Elizabeth Olsen casually brings them up in conversation. I'm like, bitch, give me more. <laughs> oh my goodness. And she, Elizabeth Olsen is probably so fucking tired of you guys asking about Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> I bet you, if you even say, mm, she leaves the room because she knows you're about to say Mary Kate. <laughs> I, bet, I bet, I bet you can't even tell her you saw uh, the Joker and she's like, Heath Ledger, I'm leaving. I'm not, you're not going to bring up fucking Mary Kate to me. You're not going to bring up any of this shit. I bet. I just, ugh. wow. Well, yeah. So being a twin and one of you is having super body issues and the other one, it's, it's tough. Like you already have twins together or already like have a weird relationship, have weird stuff going on, have not even stuff from themselves with things other people put on them. It's just like a part of this relationship. And then after all that said and done, now I am in like the depths of a eating disorder and you're not like she's got her she's got a kid it's like she's got her whole life going on and uh you know Shelly feels inferior to her in every way that just oh, it sounds like a dystopian movie like that's just yeah. the recipe for disaster you know yeah so I'm gonna talk about Shelly and Polly but before that I'm gonna finish Shelly Le- leaves I think she's the only person that doesn't leave because insurance ran out I think she like just like I think her she's from wealthy parents because they she just leaves whenever she's ready (laughs) and they want her to stay in Florida to do outpatient but she doesn't we watch her get on the airplane um to go back and that's the last that's the end of the doc is when we see Shelly on an airplane going back to which means to me that the director and possibly the, 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 the camera person just went and got on an airplane to follow Shelly home and film her. Yeah. That, what like, y'all doing? Of course, I, didn't, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Maybe they have like family there that are like, I could use a visit. Yeah. They just went to Utah for no fucking reason. So, or maybe they filmed something there that they couldn't use i don't know um but as far as shelly goes she is the most um public of everyone in this um when she got out like she said that she so she ends up relapsing and she ends up going to electro shock therapy for her depression which is not a thing i hear about very often do you hear about people doing electro shock therapy yeah, there was, um, at my, like, treatment center, there was a whole thing of people doing it there. Like, it was an option of things to do. I thought it was, like, like, I think of it as... Let's call it ta- something else now. It's not called electroshock, but it's the same oh. principle. It's called, like, T... 
it's initials and that's why I can't remember it because I'm dyslexic but it's like T mm. something um I know my mom did it as well when I was a kid it did not work for like, her but um, this seems like a rare thing I, I feel like I've never heard of anyone doing it so maybe what the reason I've never heard of anyone doing it recently is because it's called something else now yeah I know Carrie Fisher was doing it um, <gasps> really before her yeah before she said it was really helpful but I guess who knows but um yeah so it's not I mean like it's not like common like it's not like an antidepressant but I know it's not unheard of and especially if you have treatment resistant disorders it's something people try Mm. so when this when this came out it really triggered her um she had a relapse because of all the attention around because I mean she is on the fucking cover of the fucking movie um she ends up getting married but she has a few more relapses and she says she's in recovery now. She also went to rehab for a drug addiction. Surprise, surprise. And in articles now, the way she describes it, she doesn't have an eating disorder. Um, I very much hope that is true. Yeah. Um, when it says she went to rehab for a drug addiction, I was like, okay, that makes sense because you showed up with so many fucking like prescription pills. And I don't yeah. think... <laughs> Is she? I think she's one of those people that doesn't realize that not everyone's on eight prescriptions at once. You know what I mean? And they find that um the well, it kind of has into Polly's story, but they find the pill in her room when they do the room searches. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's because Polly gave it to us. So let's talk about Polly. Polly is how old's Polly? Um, she is she the oldest, or does she just look the oldest? Uh, she's twenty nine, so Alyssa's older than she is. Yeah, looks that's the also the thing with restrictive eating disorders. Often they do age people. Yeah, they really age you. Um, I was thinking about that when you remember when Paris's um documentary came out and yes. Nikki Hilton got on the screen. I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> who is that old lady? <laughs> and people were, were like, don't forget that like being incredibly thin, a uh, being an incredibly thin white woman makes you look so much older because yep. you don't have that fat on your face to kind of round you out and make you look younger. I, I could yeah. not get over it. It's all I was tweeting about mm-hmm. for like days. How old Nick Hilton looks. And people, I, I, I listen, I got a text from someone saying, Chris, you got to stop talking about this. You got to let this go. And I was like, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. Just- uh, there's um, this like little, I guess, this thing where it's like, is it reality TV? It's a documentary. I don't know. Thing here. It's called You Can't Ask That, where they get people from like a minority group or something and they ask them like, stereotypical questions as like indigenous Australians or like Mm -hmm. um alcoholics or people who've like murdered someone you know it's really interesting and there's an eating disorder episode and the you know the other people at the end they show like what city they're from and their age and there was this woman who I was like she's like 75 80 and she was like 50 and I just it shocked me I was like that is the oldest person I've ever seen what do you mean she's 50 it really like Gaining all that weight, losing the weight, it fucks with your organs, it fucks yeah. with your skin, it fucks with everything. Um, so Polly is resistant to treatment, is what she is. Um, she reminds she wants to be Angelina Jolie and Gil and <laughs> Like that's who she so thinks bad. she is. <laughs> so bad. Oh my god. Yes. And like it's not, I just want to be clear, like. I at no point was I like, why is she doing this? I know why she's doing it. She's going through a lot of shit. She's in fucking treatment. And she's probably someone who has an issue, who has issues with authority. Keep in mind, treatment centers have all these rules that seem arbitrary. I mean, I understand why we're not allowed to give other people medicine. I understand why we're not supposed to smoke inside 
standing on the fucking sink, smoking into the fan. Okay. <laughs> like I get that. But also if you've been smoking all like, if you're smoking a pack and a half a day, there's no amount of smoke breaks there. That's going to like give you what you need. You know what I mean? No. Like, yeah. On my, I think it was on my second day of treatment. I remember talking to one of the girls and I was like, oh, there's so many rules here. And she was like, well, I bet your eating disorder has more rules. And I was like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Damn. She was like 19 too. And I was like, fuck off. She got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> but like the thing is, is that, so they have all these rules, but it's because they're managing big groups of people. They have to ensure things. Um, like there's a no tattoo and piercing rule, but that's probably also having to do with like self-harm stuff. Um, yeah. And the impulsive impulsivity of, right. You know, body modifications. Like, and however long you're going to be in, 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 uh, uh, eating disorder treatment, like you can just get a tattoo afterwards. Like, yeah. but I do understand why looking at that rule, be like, what? I'm not going to get a tattoo. Why wouldn't I get a tattoo? But I, I understand why the rules there, but Polly is just Polly whose actual name is Pollock. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's for Jackson Pollock or for like Castor and Pollocks. I don't know, but her name is Pollock and she goes by Polly. And I was like, eh. um, maybe she really likes Polly Pockets. <laughs> that's, that's also why she's there. She's there for her eating disorder and for her Polly Pocket addiction. <laughs> That's I, they didn't show us that part, but that but that's part of the reason she had to leave. Is she had like a lot of Polly Pockets in her room, a lot, and they were like, "Listen, we can't do this. We there's nothing we can do for this." <laughs> but I mean, she's from Chattanooga. She's got this scratchy voice and accent. She's fun. Don't get me wrong. She seems like a lot of fun, and she's funny. And her and Shelly immediately click. You can see they're like best friends. And yeah, and it's very much in that treatment way of, oh, this person's really easy to connect with. I'll be friends with them. And then like three weeks in, you're like, oh, there was a reason they were really easy to connect with because <laughs> no one else wants to talk to them. Right. So the whole like this love story of, of Shelly and Polly probably lasted three fucking weeks. It did yeah. not last very long. And so Polly's in there because um, she admitted herself after a suicide attempt over two pieces of pizza. It was the last that time. also felt very realistic. There were there was a time where I attempted suicide because I ate and didn't purge that night, uh, and I was like, I can't deal with this. I can't live like this. I can't, which is fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's so weird now because I feel so confident in my recovery, but I'm like, no, there was a time you really, really had an eating disorder, babe. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it feel, doesn't it feel like it was a different person almost? Yeah, like, so much. Yeah, but um. It's actually her birthday and her family is, is going on this big Disney trip and they're going without her because it's already been planned. Like, I'm sure they've already spent money on this shit. And so what are they, what is the whole family not supposed to go to Disney? And I understand how she feels like they're like celebrating my birthday without me. But yeah, well, there's no, there's no right option there. Cause like yeah, said, they probably already had all the hotels booked, all the, you know, flights, all that stuff. And the kids are excited. But yeah. then she's also going to feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. And like, so it's her birthday and they make her a cupcake against her will. I like, I understand that they give her the cake, but 
she does not want that cupcake okay <laughs> she does not want that I think there might have been some more context to this because she says at one point that counts as one of my three desserts yes so, so she- I think she must have had to have three desserts in a week I don't know if she chose to have one on her birthday or if it was highly encouraged that's my question yeah. But it definitely seemed like, at some, like I know at my treatment center, like two days of the week, we had to have a hot meal instead of like a sandwich for lunch. So it might, must have been one of those, but I want to know what the decision-making process of that was. Yeah. And she only has 10 minutes to eat it. Yeah. That's pretty, I totally forgot about that until I saw this documentary. I'm like, one of the worst parts of treatment is that everything is timed how much you eat, you know? I'm like, obviously if you know you go five minutes over and it's like a little bit left to eat they'll be like yeah like just finish it up sort of thing but if you're like got five minutes left and half your meal isn't eaten they're gonna be like okay you need to have a supplement but it's stressful you know like I'm a slow eater I discovered yeah yeah and then so she's she's obviously been restricting she's not been eating cupcakes cupcakes are very sweet and it's like sickening sweet and, yeah. and uh, everything tastes extra sweet when you're in treatment. Yeah. And like, it's the last thing she wants to do. It was hard for me to watch her, like try to force that down um, yeah, it within sad. her 10 minutes. And I was like, it's her birthday. Like for her birthday, can't she like not eat of cupcake? Like, isn't that the treat you give her? I don't know. Maybe that's like, you know, this is why I don't treat eating disorders because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Like I said, if she made the decision to have that on her birthday, that was a bad decision on her part. And even if she had chosen that, I feel like some, the dietitian or nurse would have been like, hey, you, are you sure? Because it's, it's your birthday. Yeah. The, do you want to like do a really hard thing on your birthday? I don't know. Um, but she brings up an important point is that Growing up, all the things that we know are um, part and parcel with a eating disorder, she was taught as regular weight management, like drink between each bite, cut it up really slow, cut it up really small. Like that's how she was taught to keep her weight down, like, like from parents and things like that. And like what she didn't know, she was learning how to restrict and how to um, keep food out of her body. Yeah, and it's such a thin line between disordered eating and eating disorders. Sure. In, for everything, you know, like I feel like if you got a list of things that you aren't allowed to do in treatment because they're eating in a disordered way, almost everyone would be like, oh, I do that. You know, I do like a handful of those. It's, I, I'm not saying what our parents are doing right, but it's so common Mm-hmm. because that's the society we live in you know like we're all obsessed yeah. with weight and food and mm-hmm. appearance it's just everywhere yeah like Adele right now Adele has lost quite a bit of weight um and Adele looks great Adele looked great before but people cannot stop talking about how beautiful Adele is and <sighs> when I literally look at Adele Adele looks exactly the same to me she was I, she was never once again not even that fat she was Hollywood no. fat yeah, she was like, I fat. think she still would have been able to fit into standard size clothing. <laughs> I think so too. I think she wouldn't have had to like shop at Lane Bryant or whatever. She would have been fine. Like at a regular, like she did not even have to go to the plus se- size section. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. she, her face is exactly the same. I mean, sure. She looks glammed up and everything, but I'm like, people cannot get over how good she looks. And I understand why. Okay. She is a beautiful woman, but it is hard to hear them talk about how much better she looks. And I'm like, guys, the only difference is she's not fat. And I understand that you 
don't realize that you're standing next to me gushing over this woman who is no longer fat and how much important her life is but I'm fat and I'm still here guys so <laughs> like this is is but this is but now imagine I have a really disordered view of looking at my body right and I am struggling with body image and stuff and I'm hearing this right so yeah. what's and even if I'm not fat, right, let's say I'm these girl sizes, but I'm really struggling. I hear about how Adele's lost weight and she's changed and how much beautiful she looks like. I'm, I'm purging that night. You know what I mean? I, yeah, it I, makes perfect sense. Right. Cause I'm just thinking, oh my God, like it's true. Everybody loves people when they lose weight and I need to lose more weight. That's what I'd be thinking. Yeah. Uh, when I um told my dad that I was going to eat this old treatment, like he, he, um, I just got, I got a proof. He knew I was like, trying to do it mm-hmm. and he was like oh you know that's good literally i'm not joking next sentence he was like do you know what all trump supporters have in common they're all fat and ugly i hate them <laughs> and i was like dad uh, do you hear yourself? uh okay <laughs> i'm like don't get me wrong i'm here for the slander of trump supporters but there's other stuff we can go for here <laughs> yeah i mean let's, let's... so what happens is polly they're, they're making polly go to the beach which is i'm sure a very tough thing for every person in there to put on a fucking bathing suit and go to the beach. I wanted to hear more about that. But while Polly's preparing to go to the beach, she gets a message that she has to leave by Wednesday because her insurance is up. And she's been there for nine weeks and she's on level three maintaining her weight. So the insurance is like, you're good. (laughs) Uh, Off you go. Um, What awesome. Yeah, I know. And keep in mind, like, these decisions are made by people who are never like, they don't even know you. They're not in the room. They're looking at numbers on the spreadsheet and they're like, no, when this happens, they can go home. Um, and they're deciding your whole life, you know? <sighs> and like I said, apparently even saying three more days would be $4,500. So just imagine how much that shit's cost. That is and, so much money. Yeah. In the end, her father agrees to pay for it. And I'm like, their parents are divorced or not together, I guess. And he says he's going to pay for treatment when her, whenever insurance runs out. And I'm just like, what a, what a way to like, just have this money and just be like, well, we'll pay for it out of pocket. Like it's like, it's buying a piece of gum, you know? Yeah. And her mom says at the end, you know, her father's paying for it now, but he won't again. Yeah. I'm like, what do you, I mean, I know that there's, you know, at a point you're going to be like, you're going to bankrupt me if you keep doing this. But what, there's obviously, she's not saying that to be flippant. Like, I think she's saying some sort of conversation. There. I yeah, there's a manipulation in there too. But I think there's also, she knows that her dad's not just going to be supportive of this financially. Well, at the cost that it is. And I can also see like, like when your kids like are going through stuff like this, like when we're talking about Shelly's dad and they were saying like, talking about how it feels to him. It feels like I just need to fix my kid, right? I don't want my kid to have a drop of unhappiness touch them. And this is so terrible. I just want my kid to be fixed. And imagine that like, it's so much money I pay for it. And then you come out and the same shit's happening because it's not like treatment's a magic bullet. And most people have to go to treatment for certain things over like many times. Um, But I still can't imagine being like, I'm just not going to pay for it. I can't imagine that. 
<laughs> if I could. If she'd been in treatment before. I, she probably had. Like, and she's, what? She, she yeah, seems like I she's just... been around the block like a, a few times. You know, she knows yeah. what's going on here. I'm not sure. Um, so the things that we see Polly doing, like Polly standing, like Shelly and Polly, and, and there's a, I think her name's Kaylee, but it's spelled like K-A-I-L-E, um, are standing on the uh the the vanity in the in the bathroom smoking into the fan and i'm like guys probably everybody on the fucking floor can smell you smoking like you can't smell it because you smoke but every person that walks by is like somebody's smoking in there (laughs) yeah there's no fucking way but they're doing stuff like that um she's insubordinate um she also Sorry, I'm interrupting with another anecdote, but I think they're funny. No, um, the courtyard at my treatment center was locked almost the whole time I was there because people kept smoking in there. And you were allowed to smoke out the front. You just couldn't smoke in the courtyard. And the courtyards led directly into a vent that it had, like, the elderly unit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they were like, guys, you are going to kill the old people. You need to stop smoking. But you know what it is? When you want a cigarette, you don't want to walk all the way out front put on you know no i don't even smoke permission yeah and then get your stuff together and apparently so they do a sweep of everybody's rooms so apparently they aren't supposed to have the cigarettes they're supposed to be like up front or something yeah at my treatment center that's how it was you had to ask for like obviously the light up but yeah they had kept your cigarettes too yeah so probably's been doing all this stuff and then at one point she gets to go she gets some time off and she lies and says they just want to hang out in the bookstore because with a girl named Michelle, because she's like, we're literature. We studied literature and we just love being in bookstores. And I'm like, and then they laugh about how stupid that is. I was like, I would love to go to the bookstore for an hour and a half, but whatever. I guess I'm a nerd. So- <laughs> well, especially if you've been in treatment for nine weeks. I'm like, yeah. like, cause I'm, I couldn't do any like proper leave because of COVID. If they told um, me to go any store, I would have been like, sure. Yeah supermarket for two hours probably like just walk around there see what they got but they go to get tattoos and i so the symbol they get is for eating disorder recovery is that what that is i've only seen the symbol in two places and one was my eating disorder treatment and one was in this documentary oh really okay yeah it's not i don't know if it's like they send it to treatment centers or what but i don't feel like i ever see it anywhere else yeah and i follow like a decent amount of like recovery people online it's not used yeah well they get a tattooed on them and remember they've signed a thing saying they they're not going to get a tattoo and they also get the- tattooed like on their stomach where exactly it would start to bulge if you gained any weight you know <sighs> like that hip bone part right there yeah. like and the guy who's giving the tattoos like oh what do you get these tattoos for and she's like oh we have eating disorders and he's like oh man that's fucked up you guys should eat <laughs> wow i wonder if he was asked to ask that because i've got like i have a decent amount of tattoos i feel like no artist has ever been like oh so what's this for like they don't care like they've tattooed like so many people (laughs) exactly like what are they gonna do with that information unless it's for a reality show they never make you they don't ask they they really don't ask they're just like is this right like can you check the spelling yeah can you look at this and make sure because i'm about to put this shit on your skin for life and so <laughs> literally you could get it you could be getting like the most meaningful tattoo to you in the world and they just be like whatever like yeah and i think it's more like if people want to tell them what the tattoo is for than a tattoo yeah. artist wants they're definitely like, uh-huh, uh-huh like a bartender they're like you want to talk to and they're like girl this is my job 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Look at it. Like when it comes down to it, every tattoo artist has been working for more than like a year has tattooed, you know, someone's dead relative's name or birthday or something. Yeah. On them. Like they've all seen shit. Yeah. They've seen wild shit. So, but you know, he, he fixes their eating disorders by telling them to go ahead and eat. And then he says, he says, he says you can eat six meals a day. <laughs> your metabolism up, you know? And I'm like, these girls know more about cutting weight and metabolism. And they know more about this than you will ever fucking know. Okay. Because they have been like in this shit. Okay. They know all the fucking tricks of the trade. So please don't give them any like suggestions about what to do about mm. metabolism. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he was so stupid. It was so stupid. But um, they are like, this is a secret. And then they promptly tell 85 people. That's the thing is like, they didn't, they didn't have to tell anyone. No, no one would know because although they check for like um, self-harm stuff, I just don't, that's covered by your underwear. I just don't think that they were going to check that. And I think they'd only check for self-harm and people who had a history of it as well. I don't know there if they're checking that for everyone. Yeah. Okay. There, And so they probably tell everyone <laughs> and <laughs> we get a lot of scenes. So it's like, it's a pre-social media age. Like, I'd get it now if you posted a photo of it and got around, but they just go tell everyone and show it to them. Yeah. And so, you know, they're just like, they're just hanging out. They're, they're, they're jumping off the bed, off the window onto the bed. And the mother and me was like, great. So now someone's about to get hurt. (laughs) There's also every psych hospital I've, or like treatment center, anything I've ever been is like, no one else can go in your room. (laughs) Like, what? They're playing um, music? I don't know what the fuck was happening there because like, like i mean you know i like a reasonable thing like i said before like if you were like hey i just really want to show so-and-so this t-shirt i have we're just going to leave my door open we'll be in there with the door like, open that's, yeah. you know that's something but they were like having a party i don't know what was going on i didn't know either and they were like oh i'm already in trouble i gotta go i'm like what they're i i couldn't even believe they have the doors closed with like four or five women in there just plus all the like um camera people and stuff yeah just playing music and I was like, this is like a party. And seriously, jumping from the window to this little fucking bed doing a flip is like one of the most dangerous things you can be doing right now. I know you guys all weigh 60 pounds, but I am scared of like what you're doing. (laughs) And their bones would be brittle. Oh, you know, I was, I was like listening to something that was talking about how they don't talk about how being underweight is actually about as dangerous as being slightly overweight it's like those those two are 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 kind of mirror and part of it is that as you get older you fall a lot and the less weight you have the the more likely you'll break bones and it's Mm. hard to recover and and like being slightly overweight is actually better for you in general than being underweight um and yeah like they could easily break a bone they could easily all these other things i'm like oh my goodness um so yeah and with in treatment everyone's on some sort of vitamin like there's no one who's not deficient in something sure so they do a sweep and they let them know that they're doing this for the community i'm like okay guys you don't have to say all that you just say you're doing a fucking sweep because you have to do it and like don't act like you're doing this for them so they do a sweep. it's like when someone puts you in a group chat and then sends a message that's just for you (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) why would you do that (laughs) so first of all why would you put me in a group chat don't ever do that to me (laughs) don't ever do it's just people talking all day long and 
And it's hard for me to comprehend because, all right, when someone texts you normally, it is for you to respond, right? Yes. And like, if I tweet something, either you see it or you don't see it, either you respond or you don't respond. I'm not waiting for you specifically to respond. But if I send yes. you a text, I want you to respond. Group text, throw that all out the window. People just put shit in there. And then I'm just like, is this for me? Am I supposed to respond? Like, I'm obligated to look at this. It's four o'clock in the morning. Why are you awake? What are you doing? I They stress me out so fucking much. And my in-laws have so many group t- chats. They have a big group chat. Then they have little group chats where they talk shit about each other. Then they have group chats that are punishments. So if they're mad at you, they will put you in a group chat and continually, every time you try to leave, put you in another one and tell That's you amazing. can't get Like they are so mean. And so they are like, they have so many. I was like, how do you even keep up with all of these? But yeah, that's mm. my siblings have a group chat without me. In it. What? Though, <laughs> so, which is a bit mean. But like I said, they're all they're my half siblings. But then they're all like older, older than me. So yeah, they're just like we just talk about like restaurants and our kids. You wouldn't even like it. I'm like, but I want to be included. Yeah, they're talking about taxes and breastfeeding. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be in that. <laughs> you would leave the group chat immediately if they put you in it. You know it. <laughs> yeah, I would. And that's what you want. You want them to put you in it so you can leave and you can say, exactly. see, I chose not to be in it. Uh, and I was like, I remember when I found out, I was like, what's it called? And they were like, Smith sibling group chat. And I was like, oh. hey. <laughs> I get it. I have a different dad. <laughs> yeah, this is just for this dad. There's a different mm-hmm. dad group chat with just you in it. So, <laughs> I just be like, yeah, well, turns out mom loves me the most. So just so you know, I would say something like that just to hurt their feelings. But yeah, group tracks are a, are a form of emotional abuse. Um, so, so listen, they do they do a sweep. And like in Brittany's room, all they find is like a tape measure, which would never occur to me you couldn't have. But as soon as they saw that, I was like, okay, I see why you can't have that. Um, yeah. For like oh, measuring. body check thing. Yeah, you can't be doing body checks in here. Um, oh, that was another thing that surprised me in this is they let them say they're white. Mm. I know in my treatment center that was like never it was like no you're getting way backwards like you don't have a choice in the matter right because like we'll monitor your weight and you already monitor your weight too much like let's yeah. huh let's focus on how you feel as opposed to this this thing on the okay so they find um in Polly's room they find all kinds of shit so they're looking for sugar salt and pepper <laughs> they're looking for condiments they're looking for food. They're looking for cigarettes. They find all kinds of shit in Polly's room. But in Shelly's room, like as they're telling Shelly that they're going to do this, you can see Shelly's face going, oh shit. Like <laughs> you can see that she wants to get up and run mm. to her room. <laughs> she has no poker face. Okay. She's a sitting duck. It's hard. Yeah. But what they find in her room, especially, I mean, they find cigarettes, obviously. But what they find is, um, she has it's in a mood stabilizer they keep saying the name of it but i don't know the name of mood stabilizer so i just remember it's a pill and it's a mood stabilizer yeah i hadn't heard of this one but i also don't know every yeah. medication so and it's not one she gets so it's not like it could be hers no and i think she did get it but she got a different dose right right so it's not that type of pill like she gets 300 yeah and so it's like a pill. right and so Polly gave it to her the first week when when she was feeling very anxious and probably asking for pills. That's the other thing. I'm like, Shelly, you probably asked her for that, <laughs> but whatever. And so, and 
Polly's like, you're not telling me it was me, are you? And she's like, no, no, no. And what we find out, she's already told who it was her. <laughs> Yeah, it was like hard cut to her talking to the therapist being like, I've already told you guys I don't know what to do. Yeah, and she's like, so could you keep this under your hat? I'm like, no, Shelly, they're not going to keep it under your hat. That's not what happens here. <laughs> so they bring in Polly, Shelly, and Kelly or Callie, whatever her name is. And they like kind of interrogate them. No, maybe this happens first. No, this before this happens, they're at a group and and paul and someone they're like hey guys turns out we can all smell cigarette smoke i don't know if you know this but cigarette smoke is very distinctive and so we know you're smoking in your bathrooms and polly admits it was her and they ask her if it was anyone else this is kind of fucking they ask her if there's anybody else and she goes it was she kind of says it's just me but then shelly's like well i can't lie it was me too and then callie says the same thing and then polly gets in trouble because when they asked if it was just her she didn't say and I was like, she's admitting what she's doing. She doesn't want to admit what other people were doing. Like, I understand why that's a rule, right? Because secrets keep you sick. That's just a a part of your eating disorder is you keeping things secret, hiding things, covering for people, all that, right? And here in this treatment center, we're going to be honest and open and all those things. But as a person, I, if I were admitting I'd done something wrong, I would not also want to go and she did and she did I, that 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 feels wrong to me. It feels like I should be focusing on what I did and taking punishment for what I did. Yeah, I, t- I agree where it just I see why it was a rule, but it felt like a rule that needed to be bent in this point, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it feels like Polly got punished for exactly. admitting it was her and then and they took a while to admit it was them too. So then like I'm like it's just so they're already in trouble. I wanted a moment for like all the girls to be like, and I was smoking and I was smoking. <laughs> that's what I wanted to have it. Yeah. And then like one of the staff mm-hmm. members said, it was me too. Yeah. <laughs> the chef comes out. I was in there. <laughs> that's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what happened. Polly, Polly, Polly's like friendly. <laughs> so she probably was smoking with everybody. And so she, um, they invite them all in to talk to the team or whatever. And that's when like Shelly starts to talk and her eyes rolling back at her. Shelly is so worried. And she's like, so, so Polly, I know it was you that gave me the pill. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Shelly, you are, oh, never brought Robert Bank with Shelly. So <laughs> don't do any crimes with Shelly. She's definitely riding on you. So, you know, Polly has to admit what happened and everything. And it seems like they're giving her a chance to admit some other things and she doesn't say anything. And that's when, like, I guess they tell them all, like, uh, listen, you guys need to be honest about what's been going on, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh-huh, we'll be honest. And they leave. And then Shelly and Callie come back and are like, also, we know that Polly and Michelle have, have tattoos. <laughs> and it felt very much like children. It felt very much like interrogations. Like, first person that says we did it gets a... Uh, it's the best deal, that sort of thing. And because Polly did not admit it, they asked her to leave. Yeah, I think Shelly in particular seems quite emotionally stunted, probably because of the eating disorder, which sure. is sad. Mm-hmm. But I think that happens to a lot of people. Like when I was in treatment, most of the 
I keep saying trying to say girls, that's what I felt like, but the women there were mostly older than me, but they all felt very teenagery. Mm. And probably I environment a similar situation. Probably yeah. environment doesn't help. It's like summer camp in a kind of way. Exactly. Yeah. So oh my god, that reminds me. I was listening to your podcast the other day and you were saying how like the YMCA gives your kids discounts. Yeah. And I so my older sister had custody of me for a bit when I was a kid, and I was like, that's why everyone at that YMCA camp was in foster care or out of home care. There you go. There it you go. Never, it had never occurred to me before. They give you a discount if you're foster or adopted. Like, or like, I don't know. I guess that was just a weird coincidence. Yeah. And like the choice is do I pay ten thousand dollars or do I go to YMCA where they're gonna give me a fucking discount? And the YMCA two kids. Two kids at this YMCA camp. I went to figure out they were half siblings. I'm not joking. <laughs> like parent trap style. It was a wild. It was a week long too. We don't have like long summer camps in Australia. It was so strange. Oh, it's so fucking hard. Like my kids were playing in a park and they saw a kid they used to be in foster care with at the same home. And like, I was so worried it was going to like cause some things because that kid had gotten to go back to live with like a grandparent or something like that that's why that kid had been moved from that foster home and like the kids are like really jealous of stuff like that you know even like that they're landed and stuff like when kids are when some kids get to go back to their bio families and others don't it is so much like why them it doesn't seem fair they're like it's not fair yeah it's not fair like and sometimes I have to be like guys a lot of shit just isn't fair like there's no way to make it fair but like seeing him at the park and they were like that's so and so like also I had some fosters once and we went to Trolls Live because it was free because they would give us free tickets and I want to go to Trolls Live I know it was actually kind of fun and I, I didn't think I wanted to go but it was actually kind of fun so <laughs> I'm sitting with my foster kid and he goes hey Jordan and I was like who's that and he goes Oh, that's a kid I fought in um Juvie. Jordan, hey, what's up, man? And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm thinking, are you gonna fight him now? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? He's like, no, no, no. A trolls live? Trolls live. Poppy's on stage. Calm down. <laughs> and when we went in there, he had said, What if I see my mom in here? I said, if you see your mom or a relative or anything like that, we'll just say hi. Like, what else are we gonna say? And we did see relatives. We went to Golden Corral. <laughs> which is done now because people don't do um, buffets anymore because of COVID. But, um, and while we're sitting there, he's like, that's my cousin. I was like, all right, let's go say hi. And we did. And it was not a big deal. Um, But like, it's, it's, it's like brought up a lot of stuff, but yeah. YMCA guys, if you're poor or your kids are in foster care or any of that shit, go to the YMCA. They will, they will help you out with childcare. That YMCA was when I went, learned that the N-word was a slur because a guy <laughs> called a black girl that. And I, like, I grew up in a very white small town, so I was like, I don't know what that is. You're like, wow, they are using a different language over there. Is that like... It was a learning experience. Is that like Spanish? What are they saying over there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, the YMCA is here for you. <laughs> so um, they kick Polly out, all right? And what they, the reason they kick Polly out like it makes it seems like they kicked her off for getting a tattoo. They didn't, but I think people watching this are not that say Polly got kicked out for getting a tattoo. Is it's it's like that's not what she got kicked out, guys. <laughs> like no, I mean that was the final straw, you know. Yeah, and it, like they said that like she's her integrity is an issue because like we're sitting there giving you an option to like explain all the stuff, and you're not. 
And I also understand, like, I mean, they were really talking shit about her when she was there. She's like, she's a negative influence in the world. I was like, oh, wow, in the world? And because like, she got a tattoo. But like, I understand she makes it harder to do the job here because she's so non-compliant with everything. And she's the center of people behaving badly. I get that. Yeah, and I imagine this one's trying to the documentary. I imagine they were like, "Hey, in two months you can come back if you, you know, you just mm-hmm. have to work on yourself and come back with a different attitude. Like this isn't we're closing the door forever, but you can't be here right now while you're not helping other people." Right, right. I also, do you think it would have been possible for them to just be like, "You three can't hang out anymore"? No, I think that would have been. I mean, like maybe it would have been possible but I think it would have been a really big effort that they weren't willing to commit to right for staff and stuff and then also like, yeah and groups and yeah and then also Polly's non-compliant anyway so it doesn't matter yeah. she's gonna do it and I think maybe if it was two people they mm-hmm. could have done that because you know there must be times where like two people have conflict all the time but three makes it a group and that just yeah and there are uh, outside people like I saw that Michelle was still in treatment after this and i'm like so why didn't michelle go if it was about the tattoo michelle was gone so i'm sure exactly. that like someone called michelle and they were like do you want to tell us anything michelle's like i got a tattoo and they're like okay well we're moving you down the level you need to stop blah blah, blah. you need to worry about who you're hanging around with and, uh, my um favorite youtube comment on this documentary is these people are the reason chelly is dead and i hope they know that <laughs> A lot of people are Polly's dead, and a lot of oh, people. Sorry, say yeah, that. I'm Polly. A lot of people say that, but I don't know. Like, see, the thing about with treatment stuff, like, we don't know. Like, the reason Polly is dead, because guys, just so you know, Polly kills herself. Um, yeah, spoiler. Sorry, she, she with sleeping pills, I think. Um, but the reason. Polly is dead because Polly killed herself and Polly had a lot of stuff going on and Polly had an eating disorder. The eating disorder probably greatly contributed to her killing herself and all the trauma stuff in her background, all that shit. That's what happened. Um, And if she had stayed in treatment, she still might have killed herself. You know what I mean? Of course, the more treatment someone can get, the better. But at the end of the day, that's a decision they make. Yeah. And it's like, you know, how people say Dr. Drew killed all those people. And I'm like, because celebrity rehab, but like the reason they were in celebrity rehab is because they were addicts. So they were going, they were headed that way anyway. Like, yeah, addicts I've, die. Always, I've always hated when people, I mean, I guess the exceptions to the role when people are like, this is the reason so-and-so killed themselves. I'm like, no, they killed themselves because they were mentally ill and they had the means to like, yeah, they, they made a decision that like, I'm done with this. And, you know, I mean, I've always like, I know I'm fucked up guys but I like sometimes I'm really mad at someone I'm thinking you know what I could just kill myself and write a note saying and it's your fault because you did this and I was like 13 reasons why you know and you'll have to live with it forever and it'll still be on the news like I and then I'll haunt you like I like I but also I I got problems guys so like but that's I mean even then, even if someone wrote a note saying, I killed myself because you did so-and-so, the truth is the reason you killed yourself is because you killed yourself. And yeah, it's really nothing else. I mean, they're gonna be tripping stuff. But um, so as she's leaving, like she has to call her mom and she's already called her mom a couple of times with the insurance issue. And the insurance stuff is 
I can't imagine that it helped her that day in treatment to still be worried about insurance, like what's going to happen when I leave and all this other stuff. It, I can't imagine, like, it's kind of productive to treatment, but it's also like, we do have to talk about insurance stuff with people. We, they, we can't not talk about it. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree. The insurance system in the U.S. makes no sense to me, but I just yeah. had to be sad watching this. Yeah, of course. Um, so they call her mom. The team's there. They call her mom and is like, can you make arrangements? And she's like, why? And, she's, and they tell her. And she's like, no, give her another chance. And they're like, actually, she's had like 30 chances. Mother. And she's like, no, her mother, her father will never pay for this again. You got to keep her. You got to, you got to, you got to. And like, Polly is crying, apologizing. And like, these are professionals because they were like so smooth with it. Like she's yelling at them and they're like, well, so do you think you make arrangements for her tomorrow? And she's like, you'd love to be out. And they're like, oh, like they're so calm about it. And I don't know that I could be that calm and be like, listen, Paul's been fucking up. Like, this is why I'm not in charge of shit. <laughs> listen, you ain't gonna blame me. <laughs> this wouldn't be the first time they'd have to do this, you know? Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I probably do this once a week. I'm probably like, I'm like screaming to the phone. I only make $12 an hour, man. Don't put this on me. I'm fat. I don't even have an eating disorder. Please. <laughs> and then I lose my job because I'm like getting to him. But her mother, like listening to her mother, I can see all, I can hear all the pain in there. Polly is really, but the thing is for a lot of, Polly didn't want to be there, right? No. Because, and I know that people watch this and they're like, this was a dumb, these are arbitrary. This is dumb. And I get it. I, I understand what you're trying to say, but someone who makes a choice to, push rules over and over and over again, which is something people do in treatment. Don't get me wrong. They are saying something about what they want to do there, especially when you've been giving several chances. I don't, I don't, I hope nobody listening to this is thinking I'm uh, thinking I'm saying good. Polly got kicked out. No, but I do understand how it happened. And I do understand that Polly's actions led to that. Not necessarily, even if I don't think that the staff was particularly nice or the rule was particularly important. I, I, Polly, these are the rules. You know what the rules are. You can you persist in breaking the rules, and you just happen to do some shit with some very soft bitches that would definitely tell on you. <laughs> so. <sighs> yeah, it's it's like you said. It's one of those rough situations where they've got to be the bad guys because it's not like Polly was there for a week and was behaving like this, you know, which she'd been there for a long time. Yeah, nine weeks. It wasn't changing. Her attitude wasn't getting better. And at some point they say, okay, you've got to find alternative help. Like, yeah. And so as she's leave, as she goes out of that room, she goes in there and kicks open, I guess, Shelly room and goes, thanks. You got, y'all got me kicked out. And then she <sighs> runs around her room and tears up the pictures. And then she purges. Oh, and just the anger in which she purges is so it's it's her saying fuck you to everyone there you know yeah like fuck this and by the time she's leaving though she's like in a lot of tears and she's she told Shelly Shelly's like crying and apologizing she's like it's okay it's my fault I shouldn't have done this and you know she pushes you know uh Brittany gives her some pictures and made her something and she pushes her little blue trolley with all her shit she had a lot of shit a lot of shit yeah there'll be people who show up to treatment and you'll be like you want to like 
six months tour of Europe. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> she like she was moving out of a dorm room, like yeah. after freshman year of college. That's that's how much shit she had. Yeah, that was a girly stretch. She was very nice, but like very, very rich. I assume from context clue shot to my treatment with like five things of matching luggage. <laughs> She was the Brittany was Murphy. Like, okay. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like um told us how she'd been like living in England before in London before the pandemic and how like just and we're like, oh do you work? And she was like, oh no, my parents just pay for my uni there and stuff. And we're like, okay, cool, cool. Cool, man. I'm sure that uh no one called her and said, How by the way, you need to get out today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that's pretty much the doc right there. I don't, I can't think of anything else. Um, Polly, like Polly is from Chattanooga, Tennessee, which you can tell by her accent. And she went back, she was managing a photography studio and she overdosed on sleeping pills in 2008. But again, this is two years later. This is another thing. People say that Polly, that this treatment center killed Polly. Polly was away from the treatment center for two years. It's not like she went home that night and killed herself they just want someone to blame yeah which i think makes sense i mean you see that whenever you know people complete suicide there's always wanting to put blame on something yeah then you don't want to be angry at the person who killed themselves right and you want there to be like when things don't have an explanation they're scary and if you can like pinpoint something you can be like oh the reason Polly is dead is because this treatment center kicked her out and then that that's something you can be like well they didn't kick me out so I don't like it, it when you when there's no set set reason it's really hard to um to like process things yeah and I think that's also I mean like like we said some of the stuff some of the way the staff in this documentary is acting is like fucked but I think a lot of this would have been standard eating disorder treatment in 2006 like I don't think this was that much off the beaten path because the reality is we know a lot more about eating disorders than we did then we know a lot more about generally mental health than we did then yeah and the treatment for that has adjusted but the documentary hasn't because it was made in 2006 do you think there's no men in this facility because there is no mostly men don't get treated for eating disorders or because this is a uh, they don't let men in this um this I facility. thought that was interesting at the start on the little like captions thing it says this is a treatment for women with eating disorders mm. but I'm like is that needed because <laughs> there are so, so few men who get treatment for eating disorders yep you know, like, I totally understand if there's, like, a women-only rehab or even, you know, psych ward for so many reasons. But I'm, like, the, there's a max would be, like, three men in here at all times. You know, like, did that need to be stipulated? Like, it's probably going to be women-only no matter work what. That's happened? Yeah, like, yeah, there were no men in treatment. And I remember I asked one of the nurse ones and she said three was the most at one time that they'd ever had there. Mm. Even though it was, you know, open to anybody over 16, I think it was. But, um, oh, and you had also, like, not. You had to be a certain level of health to come to my treatment center, but um, uh, yeah, like physically for you know insurance reasons. Um, but yeah, so I did think I wondered if that was because there were no men, or what was this a center that only accepted women for? Yeah, maybe, maybe there was said, other trauma they were working on that they didn't, you know, have in the documentary, or or maybe they just said women. Know. It's for women because there were no men there, and they were like, oh, it's for women. Yeah. Meanwhile, exactly. if a man wanted to come in there, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, I must be very very hard to be 
a guy trying to get help for an eating disorder if it's well, so already, good, especially like, main treatment people are probably telling you that you don't have an eating disorder it's like um like part of the reason uh black women are so underdiagnosed with eating disorders is that people be like black people don't do that what are you talking about we don't do that yeah <laughs> it's like i mean which is you know terrible <laughs> you know what i mean someone's telling you this thing is happening or even if they're not telling you and they're all the signs are there and people are like that can't exist because it doesn't exist in you they think of it as a rich white woman disease which i mean i don't think that's true at all yeah and i just think also we think of doctors as like these objective people but you know everyone <laughs> is coming in with their own biases and their own stereotypes and their own life experiences yeah all right matilda anything else you want to say about this um no i'd say it was sad no, <laughs> i'm sad was that sad. polly is dead and i'm sad i made you watch this <laughs> <laughs> no i enjoyed talking about it i'm glad there was some debriefing this was I, fun. Did. I did i was like listen when i when i um <laughs> before i even like like message you i was like oh, i'm about to message them and am i about to ask them to like do something that's super fucking hard <laughs> no it was fine like I'm, I'm very confident in my recovery but um but I do appreciate the kindness yeah I was just happy that as soon as I messaged you you weren't like actually I have to leave for treatment right now princess because you even <laughs> mentioned that documentary and I don't know why you would mention that to me and I'm like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> bye pumpkin ruins another life <laughs> so <Nala. laughs> So can you tell the people where they can find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Matilda, spelled M-A-T-H-I-L-D-E, underscore, Stargram. I assume you'll tag me. Um, yeah. I'm on TikTok at Tilly Goat Graf. That's, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I know. No, when I thought of that username, I was like, oh, I'll be taken off. i be like, Tilly Goat Graf 7. It wasn't taken. I don't know why. <laughs> Shock to the system. Well, listen, people just aren't as smart as you are because that is fucking funny. I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, follow me there. I right. chronically overpost, but I think I'm funny, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna definitely have you back because there's lots of things I want to oh, talk to you, you that I I'd think love to be back. About. I love your podcast. Thank I you love so much when you say stuff about children in foster care, and I'm like, wow, I feel so validated. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's because I'm talking directly to you. That's why you can't talk. <laughs> I'm thinking. Such a dummy, though. I remember I wasn't in foster care, but I, like I said, my sister had custody of me. And in one episode, you were like, you know, all foster kids want to go back to their by our parents. And I was like, damn, no one ever validated that for me before. <laughs> well, yeah, they're your parents. And yeah. even if they're terrible, even if they're like, <laughs> did terrible, terrible, terrible things to you, you still like, we're watching all this TV and kind of like, you must be with your mother, right? Yeah. And for you to have to look at that and go, actually not me is, is a great leap of things. Like, dude, it's tough. And kids are dumb. Like, Absolutely. They want what's familiar. I mean, I'm telling you in my worst parts of my childhood, like even like when my mother was homeless, I actually didn't have to be homeless. I chose to be homeless. I had a place to stay and I refused to stay there if she was not going to be there. I left a stable place to stay to go be homeless with my mother and live in shelters because I wanted to be where she was. And keep in mind, I didn't even like her that much at that time. I like her so much more. Now, I just could not fathom the idea of why would I 
being living a place my mother is not. Yeah, man. Beta kid sucks. Beta kid sucks, man. Thank, but thank God that you get over and you grow up and you get to have like podcasts and you get to meet exactly. people in different time zones and like yeah. you get to watch. What shows, time is like, it there now? Um, it's seven thirty-six. I think I told my kids if they were quiet because my husband has to go to work. I told my kids if they were quiet, I'd give them candy. So I don't want to give them candy. So I think I should go out there and say, I heard them anyway, and see what they say. Because if I say I heard somebody, they're going to, they, they'll all be like, it was salsa, it was salsa, it was salsa. And I was like, see, somebody was loud. Sorry, can't have any candy. So this is how I keep my candy. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with that. And I love it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Matilda. I love uh, being here. Thank you. I love having you. Until next time. Oh, thank you. Okay. Bye. bye.